for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. I'm sorry, it's my vocal warm-ups. Uh, it's really good. <laughs> You're nailing it. That's I think that, I just hurt my voice. That's that button breathing you've been working on. It could have saved me. I know. If, I, if my head's drowning, I could learn to dr- fucking breathe out of my own butthole. We know this now. There's we science figured it out. What do you mean, we know this now? They're scientists. They, I'll show you. They studied a bunch of pigs' buttholes and found if you put a bunch of oxygen in it, then it helps them breathe. They can breathe. Oh, and that's great. That's great. That's that's surely something that we're going to be using in the future at it's, some point. But you know who could have used it? Some of these witches in Salem when they were being hung as their punishment <laughs> because then they could have saved themselves by breathing up their own butt because their top was being strained. Wow, they could have figured it out. Hey, what's up, everyone? <laughs> Welcome to Last Podcast on the Left. I am Ben hanging out with Henry uh-huh. and hanging out with Marcus as well. Hi. Oh, my God. Yes. We are on to Salem Witch Trials Part 3. Six, six, six. Part yeah. 3. Well, Part 3 divided by two, two, six, two. Six, six, six. That's numerology. Mm. Mm. So when we last left the scene in Salem, the first death had occurred as a result of the accusations. When Sarah Osborne, the sickly woman dragged from her bed to face charges, succumbed to jail fever in Boston. Oh, Mm. we know what jail fever is. Absolutely. Mm. Death by scissoring. Yep. (laughs) That's when you die with all the hot sex and everything like that. Good times. An acute case of caged heat. Yes, yes. No, she died of um, exposure. Yeah, well, or cholera, or maybe diphtheria. (laughs) (laughs) But just before Osborne died, the afflicted had accused a former Salem minister named George Burroughs. And it was with this accusation of a man of the cloth that the Salem witch trials truly took off. See, it was one thing for a bunch of crotchety old ladies to be accused of witchcraft, but it was another game entirely with the accusation of a minister, and the crowds that came to watch the examination of George Burroughs were the largest yet. It was her hit. It tested great. It must have. They're coming back for a limited season two. Absolutely. George, I mean, I can hear it now. Burn him! Burn him! Burn him! But no, they, no, they were civilized. They hung him. Oh. Yeah. Um, but George Burroughs, he's, this really was a massive turning point in this yeah. entire story. Because up until hmm. now, like we've been doing these examinations and talking about the various accusations, and now it's just kind of been 
just it started with the usual suspects, right? Old people living in the fringe of town, like and 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 annoying people, people Absolutely. that nobody liked, right? And then it's slowly getting more and more important. But when a minister is finally accused of being a witch, normally in any other time period, ministers were like they were immune to mm-hmm. being witches, right? They were considered to be the only ones that could get you out of hot water after you're accused of being a witch. If you have a minister there, then you're you're actually good. That's because right. It, it's because of the come of Jesus. Mm, He's been have... eating it so long, right? You got, <laughs> right. Uh, you got the little wafers, and they know yeah. that because they say transubstantiation. Absolutely. No. You know what that means, come. Right? Yeah. And so it goes in his mouth, it right? It gets all over his tongue, all over his molars and shit. Right. And just the breath keeps the, the witches go, ah, ah, ah. But now. <laughs> right. They the, don't like that. The fact that George Burroughs is on the chopping block means that all, all the rules are fucking off the fucking book Uh oh yeah. ted allen he's lifting up the plate and indeed his dish is on the chopping block <laughs> wow <laughs> well when burroughs was brought into the courtroom each of the afflicted girls convulsed and shrieked in torment and, <laughs> yeah <laughs> imagine five or six teenage girls shrieking at the height of high-pitched noise, like the oh, loudest shit that you've ever heard. I went to uh, Barnes & Nobles one time to use the restroom, and uh, Shane Dawson was there. Mm. And my God, did those young girls love that weird, weird, weird man. Oh, I thought it was because you walked into the ladies' bathroom. No! That was where, that's where the story was going to be. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, but it's kind of when Harry Styles killed those five girls in 2013. He never did yeah. that. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, yeah, just like that. The shrieking and shrieking. Well, two of these girls testify that they have been visited by the ghosts of both of Reverend Burroughs' dead wives. Oh, God. Nice. Oh. However, those two afflicted, the 12-year-old Ann Putnam Jr. and the 18-year-old Susanna Sheldon, they had conflicting stories. What? <laughs> Putnam Jr. said that Burroughs had stabbed and strangled his wives, while Susanna Sheldon claimed that the ghost told her that Burroughs had smothered and choked them. Important distinctions. Mm, that's mm. how I like my hash browns. Smothered and choked? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, as with all the contradictions during both the examinations and the trials to come, the magistrates ignored the competing stories. It's very scary. It's very scary. I mean, the main yeah. thing is they were visited by this dead woman. Yeah, I mean, it's all fake. Two yeah, dead again. women. Yeah, two dead women, both fake. Okay. But George Burroughs had been kind of dogged with this idea that he had, because he did have two wives that died early, right? right? So he was kind of dogged with this idea, and it's like, you know, either... Something about he he like he fucks too good and they couldn't take it and so they just passed out of joy right. and they just went away from being yeah. sexually satisfied. I mean, it is kind of weird that he has two dead wives, right? I mean, you know, it's a little odd. He does, <laughs> in, in colonial Massachusetts, type. it's not that odd. No, okay. people did die very quickly, extremely quickly. Like there was something like when uh, during uh, what is it the first settlement? How like the percentage of people oh, yeah. who died in the first three days was like seventy percent. It was huh. crazy. It, it's not good. Pine cones are sharp, man. I guess so. <laughs> and George Burroughs, he also the main problem is that George Burroughs was looking to embrace in the the half covenant, like the mm-hmm. idea that you can kind of lessen the restrictions mm. amongst Puritan lifestyles so that people can hang out, so people could actually stay. It's cool, church. church man. You can have tattoos. God also had piercings on his hands. Whoa. <laughs> 
Although they were actually on his wrists. They, we know that now. Yeah. That's actually more painful because the human body's weight couldn't be supported by just the meat of the hands. You guys yeah. want to hear a funny joke about Jesus? You know why ladies love him? Because he's hung like this. It's a visual joke. It is indeed. <laughs> it's an audio medium. It is indeed. Also, one of the jokes that I really wanted to get off my chest was, what does a really confident pickle say? Why are you doing this now? Well, I'm a pretty big deal. <laughs> You're Okay, but I mean, that one technically, at least Jesus had context. What does that, 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 a, a confident context. pickle say? I'm a pretty big deal. Pickle says nothing. Yeah, pickle, yeah pickle's an <laughs> inanimate object that's only there to eat. To be eaten, really. Debunked. Pretty big deal. Uh, but concerning the dead, Anne Putnam Jr. in particular claimed to have been visited quite often. They always come. They always come. I wonder why. Her milkshake brought all the ghosts to her dreams. I think we should stop the show. She's 12. Okay. I'm sorry. She said that the ghosts of Burroughs' wife in particular looked, quote, like corpses swathed in winding sheets, flushed red as they accused their husband of cruelty. Could you actually do it? It's cool. Haunted little girl as well. Oh, okay. Look like corpses swathed in winding sheets, flushed red as they accuse their husband of cruelty. I think these kids need to lighten up a little bit and hear some good pickle material. That's <laughs> you the problem. These are twelve-year-old children. You would have been accused of witchcraft because you would have believed that an inanimate object was speaking to you, and it probably make you sign the pickles book. Oh my God. Soon, after claiming to have spoken to the ghosts a bit more, she sharpened her story to say that one wife had been fatally stabbed under the arm, while the other had been killed in a boat by Burroughs and his current wife. Wow, oh, many mediums. Absolutely. Yeah. Very involved. Yes. And Burroughs was not the only person accused of murder by ghosts that spoke only to Ann Putnam Jr. Mm. She claimed that the ghosts of nine children had told her that Rebecca Nurse, the town saint now on trial for witchcraft, had killed them all, in addition to killing Ann's Aunt Mary. There are so many murder accusations that are just getting flown, flung around willy-nilly here. It's everywhere. Everybody. I mean, it's just everyone saying whatever they can say. Because, again, we, I think we brought this up. In this little room, from the examinations and the quote-unquote grand jury mm -hmm. to the trial, mm -hmm. they were living in an alternative reality where all of these things were real. Deadly, yeah. deadly real. And so, at this point, mm. like... They're just seeing whatever sticks. Everybody's throwing, because that's how, that was the main thing. It was like, they're trying to build evidence, right? This is this constant story of like, how do we make sure you're a witch? Because right. this time we're doing it legit. You don't want to mm. mess this up. You don't want to mess this up. <laughs> and so now it's more like, okay, good. You're a murderer. You're a ghost murderer. So you murdered living people. You also murdered right. ghosts. You control little birds. Double murder. That's a lot right there. You know what I mean? Like you just start because everyone's just making shit up as they go right. to build yeah. the case. Yeah, I, I do like your witch health inspector character. Uh, it's yeah, nice. it's, it's okay. I couldn't help but notice uh, that, uh, you know, you you guys all been kissing this thing's butthole? It looks like it. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, you're going to need some kind of antiseptic wipe before we can move on. Absolutely. <laughs> it's time for me to take another look at your tongue. Yep. You've been licking that Satan's butthole. <laughs> I see the brown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Well, what's important to remember as we get into this episode, flowing from the examinations into the trials, is that we're basically giving you the highlights. For each accused person that we discuss, keep in mind that two, three, or even ten more are being thrown in jail on suspicion of witchcraft. And still others are claiming to be afflicted by witchcraft in one way or another. And still others are reporting just seeing strange shit out on the road or in town or in house. If you right. want the C-SPAN version, it's the Salem Witch Trials, a day-by-day chronicle of the community under siege by Marilyn K. Roach. That nice. is, that's the C-SPAN. We're doing the court TV. All right. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Let's get to this Nancy Grace content. Yeah. I mean, in all, 172 people in Massachusetts were accused of consorting with the devil. So unless we made this a nine-part series, hey, we're court TV in this motherfucker all the way through. Woo-woo. I'm Denise Richards in the new <laughs> topless speeding court. Whoa, <laughs> you really are a wild thing. Now, while the Reverend George Burroughs never came close to confessing to witchcraft out of principle, just like so many others who eventually swung with him, quite a few other accused witches were starting to succumb to community pressure. Hmm. Margaret Jacobs, for example, had once been amongst the afflicted, but had since stopped showing symptoms. This, of course, led to the steadfast afflicted to accuse her of witchcraft. And this pattern of affliction, recovery, and accusation would occur again and again over the following months. She probably just got tired of doing the act-outs. It sounds exhausting. It is. Look at my life. Oh, it's really hard. I have to do at least 15 minutes of Peloton (laughs) just to get myself up to the cardio energy I need to do. Look at me. You belong outside of a used car lot with these moves. They can't see. They don't know how hard I work. I know. You just mime sucking up dick. That's really impressive stuff. Marcus, did you know that Henry got Peloton shorts and he has to wear them (laughs) because he doesn't have a butt? Oh, my God. you have, you have to, to buy special sore shorts for your Peloton. <laughs> there is legitimately, I mean, this is not an. This actually is an anti-endorsement for Peloton. Um, it is. It is so uh, deeply painful for a frog-shaped man to ride a Peloton that I, I had to buy full bike shorts. And if you, oh man, there's nothing quite as emasculating. Yeah. As the walk. From when when Nat Nat's sitting in the couch and I go to my office on my Peloton and I've got the click in shoes and the bike shorts up to my fucking I look like a I look like gay Humpty Dumpty with it up to underneath my tits and I just go like you know and I just go don't look because you have to have a full you have to have a it's like a chair inside of the shorts I know it buddy yeah, he's a pretty big deal. <laughs> no, it's not a big deal. It's an opposite. It's a gherkin. <laughs> okay, now this one. I will not Mar- sign the Pickles book. <laughs> <laughs> now this woman, Margaret Jacobs, even though her family tried to convince her to not confess, she gave in to community pressure. And this came with some very very serious consequences. In her confession, she implicated her grandfather, George, who was executed. Okay. John Willard, who was executed. Oh, my. a bit far. Alice Parker, who was executed. Oh, that's three. And Reverend George Burroughs, who was, you guessed it, executed. He was executed. Yeah. Wow. A lot of people went down uh, for somebody else's bullshit. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Now, next on the docket in this round of examinations, after Reverend Burroughs, was a woman who, in appearance, behavior, and name, was the most likely out of all the accused to actually be a witch. I think this is the only real witch in the story. We have a potential real witch? That woman was the elderly Dorcas Whore. Now, let's just all... <laughs> wait, hey, listen. We're going to uh, move mama. forward with maturity. <laughs> and I feel like that's the really... That's what shows almost uh, over a decade, 11, 12 years of doing Absolutely. this show. That, that mm -hmm. we can move forward and not giggle at the name Dorcas Whore <laughs> for any specific reason. I don't even know what we'd laugh about. Oh, God. <laughs> I love oh, her. I love her. Oh, God, yeah. I just love, because I love any sexually liberated woman who's into Spider-Man. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, but that's fine. It's the last joke I'm going to do. It's that's the last great. one. great. Well, for years, Dorcas was known as a woman who would make unsolicited prophecies of doom concerning when a person's child or spouse would die, seemingly just to ruin their day. Yeah, it's a nice day. Like, woman, you need me. Yeah, I'm just I'm hanging out here. Yeah, 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 having a good time. Yeah, Dorcas. She I will die tomorrow. God damn it, Dor <laughs> Dorcas. Yeah, yes, what will you do? Dorcas whore. It's just, I'm so sick Say of it. Say my full name. Dorcas whore. Yes. That is what it is. That's <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Yeah, you will die next week. I don't want to die. Dorcas. Yeah, it's fun to say. <laughs> Thank you. However, she did once look at a neighbor's nine-year-old son, and she did say the boy had not long to live, and the boy did indeed die two weeks later. Hey, I, think, I mean, she might be a witch. Yeah, I mean, buskers make a lot of money. Absolutely. And sometimes you're just right. You know, yeah. you look at the little boy, you've been calling it and calling it, and you look at the little boy, and he's going... Ah. He's like, he can't pick up a stick. Yeah, you know, he's going to die soon. A couple of no. days left. I kind of like that, though. Just go randomly curse people. I was at the Dodgers game yesterday hanging out with some friends. And these people, they have the the uh, the, the balls. They have those floaty balls that oftentimes you use in a pool. Mm -hmm. Wait a second. Uh, yeah, you're talking beach about balls, volleyball. Talking beach about ball. Beach ball. Right. Yeah, yeah, beach, sure, sure. A beach, beach orb. Balls. And I like the idea if it comes near me, I want to pop it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're, that's kind yeah of ruin everyone else's fun. Yeah, you're an sure. asshole. Well, yeah. no, because we're not at the beach. No one's going cruising. It's just good old-fashioned oh. fun. And okay, you want to yeah. crush it like you're the dean in Animal House. Yeah, and you want to be pedantic about fun, about yeah, where fun wanna... should be had and what kind of fun and should how, be had and, where. And there was a woman that got fun. beamed with it in yeah, front of me. That's the part of the fun. Yeah, yeah. She was not happy. That's the best part of a baseball is that you could get crippled there. Dude. Because the ball can literally just shoot out and just hit you in the back of the head if yeah. you're not paying attention to the game, which is why you kind of have to. You were supposed to watch the ball. We had to. I sat in the outfield, and it was very scary. But anyway, mm -hmm. heck of a game. Heck of a game. Well, Dorcas Hoare also mm. practiced the mm. art of Medoposcopia, which was the <laughs> art of foreseeing prophecy based on the lines and shapes of people's faces. Oh. Mm. And while this skill, not unlike palm reading, was mostly one of those folk magic practices, it was like uh, had origins in the Middle Ages, it was, by the time of the trials, believed by many to be firmly within the devil's realm. Because again, it's just looking at somebody's face and being like, You'll have cancer soon. Mm -hmm. You will be unlucky in love. <laughs> Just because right. you're ugly. Why not? <laughs> That's really it. That's all you've got to do. I mean, it's not like things are going to be good. No. So if she only predicts bad doom upon people, she's going to be right. There's one time in history when Dorcas Whore is going to be right seven out of eight times about Absolutely. how everybody's going to die soon yeah. and everything's going to be bad. It's this year. It's Absolutely. literally this time. <laughs> well, appearance-wise, Dorcas Whore had short gray hair. It's easy to manage. But hidden underneath her cap 
was a four-foot, seven-inch-long, darker patch of hair growing out of the back of her head. <laughs> like and no one knows why she had it. No one knows why she kept it hidden. No one knows why it was darker than the rest of her hair. Maybe she she's a little Steven Seagal. And also, Steven Seagal, do we know if his name is not Steven Seagal whore? <laughs> what? Maybe they're related. <laughs> what? Ponytails. Oh, it wasn't a ponytail. It, it was just, it was a patch of hair that she just refused to cut. And she said that for some reason, if someone were to cut it off, she would die. It is what is connected to my brain. <laughs> Maybe she's right. What do we know? I found well, they it, honestly... did cut it off and she did die, but not from getting her hair cut off, but she did die. Okay. Yeah. She just seems to be genuinely old school creepy. She's grumpy. Yeah. And so during this time period, she's a great character. Yeah. yeah. You know, like she's around, like you kind of like, what do we find, right? How many times people have persecution complexes? They love it. They actually really love it when they turn out to be true, right? Mm -hmm. Like they really like it because then it gives them, it makes them feel like, oh, all of my fantasies are, are, are real. It makes them feel important. Yes. Mm -hmm. Where Dorcas whore, she was fucking trying to be evil. And She's you get what you asked for. Absolutely. She's a, one of the more famous Dorcases around. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, additionally, Dorcas Whore had also given birth to a brood of psychopathic children. Yes. Mm. About 14 years before Whore was accused of witchcraft, she and her grown kids robbed the home of a neighboring reverend named John Cale while he and his wife were away. And they terrorized the Hale children in the process. So yeah. she literally, I mean... It was a whorehouse. I tell you what, yeah, it was. <laughs> house no, this wasn't a whorehouse. This is the Hale house. The, no, it was a Hale house. Different from the Hale house. house. The but the Hale yeah. house became a house of whores because they all showed up and took over the house. That's just crazy. Yeah. Well, allegedly, the whores threatened the kids with a hot frying pan and dangled them over the well, <laughs> threatening to kill them if they told the parents that the whores had been there. Man. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that what Michael Jackson did to Blanket? Yeah. <laughs> and what Suge Knight did to Vanilla Ice. I, same. Mm. Same vibes. Yeah. For the theft, all whores were found guilty. Uh -oh. But supposedly, the whore children found a cow afterward belonging to the Hales and clubbed it to death, <laughs> then spent night after night chucking rocks at the Hales' house. I'm mean, going to have fun with it. Why not? Yeah. This, Why is not? The only, this is one of the only pluses I've heard about having kids. This is the most fun <laughs> I've heard yet in this series. Because you get your whole, you made a gang. Yeah, and then they like the all Barker, gotta go with you. Yeah, it's like it's the Barker, like Barker gang, except it's just petty vandalism. Yeah. Just go go throw rocks at the Hale's house. Why yeah, wouldn't you? See a cow over there? He's beaten to death. Yeah, mom, <laughs> mom, you're the funniest woman I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and that's why I love you, son, because you and me, we are true chaos. <laughs> <laughs> you never been cow tipping before? <laughs> The final piece of evil attached to Dorcas Whore was the fact that her husband, William, had died the winter before the trials, and neighbors believed, even before Dorcas was accused of witchcraft, that she had choked him to death. Huh. Hmm. This, of course, led to afflicted girls to accuse Dorcas of choking a woman to death in Boston, albeit spectrally. She didn't actually go to Boston. She oh. sent her ghost to Boston to choke a woman to death. And you notice it also goes down to Boston, because Boston, that was the secular world. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, even though these examinations were packed to the brim with supposedly good Christians, those in attendance were nevertheless quite jumpy. During one public examination, two afflicted girls said that a spectral bluebird had flown in and landed on the defendant's back. This is bad 
my dad's running back. Whoa. It's got to be very, and everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I then, would just not go. Yeah, I just, yeah. I'd I would try down. to avoid yeah, it. Yeah, I would. Well, most people, we talked about this. I like, Did we not talk about this last episode about the most times, like, it was a common thing that if you were accused of witchcraft, you just leave town. Oh, but yeah, what else are you going to do? I just a lot of times, gotten, yeah. yeah. I would just gotten on a buggy and gotten the fuck out of fucking Salem Village. If you could afford to do so, uh, yes. because the people who were accused of witchcraft, yeah, a lot of them fucked off to Boston or to New York or wherever else. Uh, some even fucked off back to Maine. But remember, Reverend Burroughs fucked off back to Maine and they came and got his ass. It's kind of weird how like a small little group can control where you live. But if you don't have the means to leave it, then you're kind of stuck in like watching everything around you turn into total chaos and uh, pain. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that's like. Yeah. Now, when the bluebird came into the room, no one else could see it because it existed only in the aforementioned invisible world. Oh. Mm, hey, see? So there wasn't a bluebird. Yeah, I mean, no, there was. <sighs> but there wasn't. It was invisible. Nobody but else could was, see it. But it was real in the invisible world. Yes. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when a large moth that everyone could see fluttered into the room, <laughs> yeah. everyone, hardened frontiersmen who had survived drought, famine, and bloody frontier wars, all freaked out like they were Rod and Todd Flanders. This is the problem. <laughs> they got them all wound up. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. on a fucking, they're all on a hair trigger ready to jump because then you, it's a moth. You got to turn <laughs> the lights off. You're <laughs> hanging people uh, every day. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's moths, a big moth. Uh, it's a hey. really big moth. I don't like them either. No, we <laughs> love the good moths. We're the working class butterfly. We love moths. But I don't like a big one. They're gross. I don't. <laughs> I have no emotional attachment to the moth or not the moth. I, I don't say like it's moths. good for the eco. Why not? Yeah, they're gross. They're weird. But Be- because if you get too many moths in your room and it's a little chilly in the house and the room and you're warm, moths will spend all night. But they they'll they'll fly in your face over and over again. You that's can't true. get. At least that's what used to happen to me when I was a kid. We get moths. They just fly into my face all night long, and I had to wake up and I had to spend all night trying to kill all the he moths was, in the room. I, did, I, I spent so many nights bullied. killing all the moths in the room. You were bullied by moths. I forgot you grew up in <laughs> Colonial Williamsburg. Um, I wasn't living in a world. Where there were so many moths, <laughs> I'm just saying. If I see a moth, I'm like, hey, there's a moth. We are, we are, we are. But then every time I say something, here. then Mark is like, no. When I was a kid, I used to have to eat moths, and then all these moths farted on me, and it's like I don't. The wheels not. of the show are spinning in the mud. I grew up in a house, in a home. So did I. He did as well. I just don't recall moths knocking on the door and me letting them in. I had to think about urban things. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, along with darkest horror, more of the undesirable members of the Salem community were taken down by the afflicted following her accusation, following her arrest. On May 13th, Mary Warren accused 37-year-old single woman Abigail Soames. Soames had a brother who had once been whipped for breaking the law 15 years before, and she had another brother who'd been punished for not attending public worship. Ooh. Killer. I say we fucking kill. I don't think so. Also, those are her brothers. It's not even her. No, but it's gu- remember this whole thing is guilty by association. I mean, yeah. if so, if you have a person in your family who's accused of being a witch, then it is much more likely that you yourself will be accused of being a witch. Oh, and yeah. conversely, right. if one of your relatives is afflicted, then you are also more likely to be accused of being a witch. If witchcraft is in any way in your sphere, then your likelihood of going to the fucking gallows skyrockets. Yeah, especially during this time period. Everybody's mm-hmm. getting covered in it. I don't like it. 
Well, Soames was brought in to face her accusers, and her presence naturally caused Mary Warren to go into the largest seizure yet seen in the examinations. So, to see if Mary could be relieved of her acute affliction, the magistrates ordered something called a touch test. See, back then, it was believed that if a bewitched person touched the witch who was attacking her, the suffering would immediately end. I don't know why. I mean, I guess it kind of works for fruits and vegetables when you're in the grocery section. That's about if it's ripe or not. Yeah. Hmm. This test was actually considered scientific by the court, who believed that a witch's touch reabsorbed what they called, quote, the venomous and malignant particles that were ejected from the eye. That's science. I mean, it's not. I know. That's science. Okay. (laughs) And so you need to start believing in the science. Mm -hmm. Well, they did consider all this science. They they literally called it science. They they called it the science of bewitchment, the science of witchcraft. That's how you make it science. Trust the science. You just say (laughs) that it's science. Mm -hmm. Now, the touch test had been done during the Salem examinations a couple of times before to no avail. But this time... Mary Warren immediately calmed down upon feeling the touch of Abigail Soames, oh. and therefore Soames was imprisoned for witchcraft. That that fucking easy. That's a mm. good cantaloupe. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Now the day after what? It's fine. She's talking about it being ripe. He's, he's on oh, a fruit okay. thing. It's like he's already he's at the grocery store. It is mine. He sees Guy Fieri there. He's running around looking for the various ingredients according to the clues. Yeah, it's now, amazing but- what he's done with just three letters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the day after Abigail Soames was sent to the stinking, rotting cells of Boston Jail, Massachusetts saw the arrival of a new governor named William Phipps, yes. who, who had arrived at the colony to deliver and enforce the new Massachusetts Charter from merry old England. Okay, now it's time for all of you. We're going to calm down. Everyone's going to sit a bit, okay? Yeah. We're going to have a bit of rules now, say. And I need all of you scroffies. Right. All of you so dirty and your buckles and all you got, your big hats and all your... Bleh, bleh. You know, anyone, <laughs> uh, you know. Actually, I'm going to go back to Boston. Yeah, port your way <laughs> out of here, Phipps. deal with Boston. Hey, I just have a question. How are you? Uh, you're hovering above the ground. Oh, yes. Oh, no, this is my invisible slave. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> yes, yeah. But Phipps was not a true believer in the Puritan faith at all, and had only become a Puritan the year before so he could govern the colony. He was also not very well equipped to handle the ever-worsening crisis gripping Massachusetts. Simply just icky, Uh and and everyone is yelling. I hate yelling. I can't even be near a bird. I know that, Mr. Phipps. They call me Mr. Phipps. (laughs) (laughs) See, Phipps was a classic example of a man failing upward. He had little political experience and had led a number of disastrous military campaigns in New England. Plus, he was barely literate. Reading is for pores that need to know things. <laughs> That's the opposite I'm of you. old things okay. and they are things written down that other people can know it for me. Okay. Here's, here's your gruel, Mr. Phipps. No, thank you. <laughs> I like a soft food. I know you do. From what I can tell, Phipps only got the job of colony governor because he had been knighted for bringing $20 million in Spanish treasure to the king of England. He was yeah. a ship's captain. He's a good earner. 
Yeah. I see. And Phipps had therefore appointed himself governor after he helped draft the new Massachusetts charter. I have a crazy idea. Uh-huh. What if, now listen, after I said free crackers to anybody who what? hives fives correctly. Are you going to make yourself goes, governor? Make sure you look at the elbow. Yeah. You're high five because that's how you do it correctly. You're going to make yourself governor, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's just because I just feel like I like, I like fit it. I'm just like the guy. You're the guy? <laughs> yeah. Do you have yeah. any idea how to govern? Shut up. Oh. <laughs> you go A, you stand over there, there's a seat, there's crackers. And... I mean, well, it was very much a whatever decision because Phipps was the first American-born Englishman to ever be knighted. So since he was knighted and since he was, you know, a, a guy of the Americas, they figured like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, let him govern Massachusetts. Yeah. He seems uh, to want to do it. So let him do American it. bullshit. This, yeah, guy, do it. this guy seems like a pretty big deal. He wasn't though, really. He really wasn't. Because he took himself out of it. Yeah, were you the governor? Have you ever been a fucking governor before? No, I don't need the responsibility. Mm -hmm. Well, such, when Phipps showed up in Massachusetts to find that well over a dozen people had been accused of witchcraft, Ah. one of whom had already died in jail, Uh Phipps, like so many politicians before and after, gave the job of dealing with the witches to... Someone else. Yeah, but you do it. Yeah, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Ooh, witches, huh? Mm, sounds like somebody could be accused really easily. I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. I think that's the right idea, Phipps. See, the new Massachusetts legislature was not set to meet until June of 1692, about a month after the arrival of William Phipps, and about eh, five or six months after the accusations began. Mm. So in the meantime, to take care of the fast-growing population of witches in Boston jail, Phipps created what was called the Court of Oyer and Terminer. It's Oyer. It's Oyer like they do in... Oyer, 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 I was a bailiff. You've seen a Gosnavi fraudster. Check it out. When he was in law school, I was the bailiff for his mock trial. So Oyer, Oyer, Oyer. That's all you're Everybody allowed to say. Everybody laughed when I, I did yeah, it. Yeah, of course, because you said <laughs> yeah. it like that. I just said it like you're supposed to say it. Yeah, but it's in a... Mm. It's a they know you're a comedian. They prepped you. He did yeah. win his case. Oh, good. Oh, very good. But oye and terminate, that means to hear and determine. Oh. Even though Phipps did let the crown back in England know that he was creating a court of oye and terminate, he neglected to mention in any of his letters back to the homeland that he created this court specifically to deal with cases of witchcraft. Oye and to, to, it was it oye and toime? To, oye and terminate. Terminate? Or like maybe it's real- terminer. Terminator? Like I don't a fun know. little Las Vegas duo where they go inside of each other somehow. <laughs> That's great. Oye gets inside of Torme. That's fantastic material. How is he in there? <laughs> Jesus Christ, that guy's probably a pretty big deal. Yeah. <laughs> you get it? Oh, God. oh man. I, I woke so up on the wrong side of the floor today. I a lot of hours <laughs> went into this work. Yeah. So much. Well, Phipps was also about to find out just how much damage a court like this could do in just a month. Uh-oh. And like, I don't want to give England any credit. No. Right? I ain't never. I ain't never going to do it, except I do like the cut of their suits. Yeah, of course. But in England, at the time, they were trying to, like, how do you put it? They were trying to be like, we're moving on from the witch thing. Like, yeah. Right. We've, we've murdered Hundreds, maybe 
thousands of riches over the last sure. thousand years, right? And but now during this time period, they kind They're of find it. it they literally find it icky. Like yeah. it the, same, icky. the same thing that Phipps had his reaction to it is actually really similar to where he came from, which is this idea. Everyone were like, they don't really want to deal with this anymore. If they right. had known, because once they do find out, we'll find out what happens. But if they had known, they probably been like, hey, like, what are you doing? Because he just then. Mm. Let them all just deal with themselves. He just kind of yeah. was like, "All right, <sighs> this pot's either gonna like stop bubbling, like, or it's gonna boil over." Yeah. yeah. And so it was the court of Oye and Termine alone who would determine the fate of the accused witches. That court, by the way, was staffed with judges with no legal training but plenty of business experience, Perfect. because the judges in the Salem witch trials were the proverbial one percent of Massachusetts. I would say you should read the book, The Storm of Witches, to get the full breakdown mm. of all of the judges and kind of what their deal was, what their deal was. Thank you, Kissel. Um, no but the uh, <laughs> they were truly the they were completely in charge of the colony as it was. They were the massive businessmen. Yeah. But we're also going to see mm. that that is what caused them to be extra aggressive. I would have accused the judges. You wait. They yeah, try. They, a- you, you know. Yeah, it's a part of, like, we started crawling up the ladder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not coincidentally, that was when things started simmering down a little bit. Okay. Now, the indictments in the Salem witch trials used the same language as England's Witchcraft Act of 1604, which called for the death penalty for anyone who invoked evil spirits consorted with the devil or took a familiar, hence the public's apprehension towards the toads of Reverend Burroughs. Mm-hmm. Now, as we said last episode, there were two ways to convict a witch. Either the witch confessed, and when that was paired with evidence of witchcraft, like a poppet or a potion, or two people had to witness the same act of black magic. Okay. But since these two things were extraordinarily difficult to obtain... It's almost the ju- like they didn't exist. Right. Mm-hmm. The judges... Well, you could technically... Well, the poppets. Well, you, could yeah. get, you could find poppets, and you could get a witch's confession. So technically, those things could be obtained. They just were very difficult to find. Wait, what's a poppet? Uh, we'll get to poppets in a bit. We'll get to okay. poppets later. It's basically a voodoo doll, but we'll get to poppets later. The okay. judges in the Salem witch trials, because those types of evidence that I talked about before, because that was difficult to obtain, the judges relied heavily on the so-called spectral evidence, <sighs> attacks that only the afflicted could see and experience. And this, of course, was exactly what led to almost all of the executions to come. Oh now, today, gosh. it'd somewhat be the equivalent of a death penalty case hinging on someone saying that they had a dream that told them that you were the one, Ben, right. who murdered that person. You did it, Kissel. What? You did it. But Marcus I had a had dream. You're the one who had, I had the dream. dream. Marcus yeah, had, had you the dream. dream. Yeah. I had the dream that you did it, though. But you and did that it. Would be, and, that, and the entire case would hinge upon that. And that would basically be the only thing. That you, I had a dream that you killed someone and you happened to be in the same city as that murder. And well, then you got the death penalty based on that. Judge, I happen to know for a fact, Marcus can't dream. <laughs> That has to hold. That has to hold. He said a thing and then you he can't said dream. a thing. Some people can't dream. And because he said it last, his is true. Woo. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. All right. Fine. I'll find another way to take his ass down. You got to do the old fashioned way. <laughs> Keep putting sugar in his food. He'll lose, him, he'll lose himself piece by piece. It's <laughs> like Waylon Jennings. However, there was controversy concerning spectral evidence back then. 
While some believed the girls implicitly, others warned that Satan was so powerful that he could impersonate the innocent so they would unfairly be accused of witchcraft. Oh my God. So even the people against it had batshit reasons to be against it. That's the thing yeah. is that they had their own dumb shit validation. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. This, they believed, would destroy Christian communities from the inside out. And once those communities devoured themselves, they would be replaced by what else but satanic settlements. Satan, Satan, oh my Satan. God. God, that would be sweet. I mean, it's not sweet. We drive by them all the time. The th- the suburbs that are made in the weekend, yeah. where it's like on Friday, they don't yeah, exist. Yeah. By Sunday, everyone well, has a shitty house. Marcus showed me a video when he was in town of The Line, which is an, oh, a yeah. massive 100,000-person construct that literally is a mirrored it's building. more than 100,000. It's millions of people. It's, it's like, f- it, it's miles long. It's just this one building that is miles long. That where? Everything, it would be in Dubai or Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Yeah it's, yeah, it's basically just a long string of cities all attached together in, in this huge mirrored tower. That yeah. sounds sad. It's, yeah. it's the future. We're living in that. I kind of got a little excited because it felt very like Elysium. Like it felt very like, ooh, that's sci-fi. But yeah, everything also, was horrible. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we're not going to be on the inside, dude. No, no, we're going to be on the outside. Yeah. Or we'll be inside and then you have all the gangs fighting all the fresh water inside of the building, which that's, is kind of fun, too. You're just talking about the remake of Judge Dredd. Yeah, it was cool, <laughs> man. But imagine if it was real. Man. It's Everybody bad was if yeah. it's real. I know, but it's cool and it's bad. Live from your grave. Hey, you like to eat? Crazy. So do I. It's almost like I physically need to eat. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's uh, my uh, my body. I don't know. But when I do eat, Hello Fresh is there at least 30% of the time because it comes to my home. Honestly, I don't even know who's sending them anymore. If you are that person sending them, thank you because they're wonderful. They're versatile. You could add a bunch of stuff to it. Like sometimes, yes, we get the vegetarian meals in our home, but oftentimes I throw meat in there for me, right? I do that for myself and then I'll eat the other part as a side dish or it's also help me quit eating as much meat. I'm actually up to a point where I'm eating three or four meals vegetarian a week. Yeah, it's a brag. And come for me if you think you're healthier than me because I will pin you to the very mat of the world. You're going to want to savor every second of summer, right? Because, you know, you're hammered in the pool. It's so hard to get in the car and drive to the grocery store after you have had nine BLs. And your family's like, what's for dinner? What's for dinner? It's right there. It's in the box. And you just go and open it up because HelloFresh delivers fresh quality produce from the farm to your door in less than one week and allowing you to enjoy the delicious flavors of this season right from your home. You don't need to have Compromat on a farmer. You can just get it right there. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-proportioned ingredients, seasonal recipes. It's right to your house. You don't have to leave. You don't have to see the world. Right, there are over 55 weekly options to take the stress out of meal planning and prepping because sometimes when I'm prepping meals day after day after day, you just think like, what do I got to do to equalize this? What do I got to do to save myself from this drudgery? HelloFresh. And the HelloFresh market is a one-stop shop for all your mealtime needs with a curated selection of quick breakfasts, lunches, snacks, desserts, and more. It's, an, it's absolutely fabulous. HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than dining at a restaurant. And I've done the, the numbers. Uh, because also, when you're at a restaurant, sometimes you just like, I'm, I'm eating for, for nine. You know, HelloFresh reminds me I'm one person and I should eat as such. 
So go to HelloFresh.com slash LastPod16 and use code L-A-S-T-P-O-D-16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash LastPod16 and code L-A-S-T-P-O-D-16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes, he's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of Spring Hill Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. 
And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly, you know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at four o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? Makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right. I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right. My job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. Oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Now, in theory, the magistrates, they were supposed to be the ones who kept shit like spectral evidence from being used because the public was a little too eager at times to blame all their misfortunes on witchcraft. So the magistrates were supposed to be the safety valve that kept the boiler from exploding. Well, Uh-oh. again, it's just an example of they have been. This was a this has been a central argument in witch hunting for hundreds of years. They've been talking about this because ever since the Inquisition, there was another dude. That was, that's all sorts of fucking jacked up. There was like from the 1200s, his name was Conrad of Marburg. That was a guy that was an Inquisition leader that murdered hundreds of people. Right. With like two little goons. The whole thing was about how he believed that if you were accused, you got, you got tried, convicted, and executed that day. Yeah, like Judge Dredd. Yes, and that's just, which was cool. Again, in, in a comic book and all stuff, when it's in real life, everybody gets sad. Everyone's mad, right? Right. Because it's bad. <laughs> Well, you should expedite justice that way. It's not good. No, it's not good. It's no. not fair. But this this whole thing is about, like, they had thrown out spectral evidence. Spectral yeah. evidence was done in Europe. They, they didn't want to use it anymore because they kept saying all these people were just murdering people for no reason. They were. We need real proof, like teats. We need real <laughs> proof, like the crops dying, like the plague. You know okay. what I mean? Like, we need proof. Yeah. Well, for example, as far as that safety valve went, in the 30 years before Salem, the Massachusetts courts had tried 31 witchcraft cases. Mm-hmm. Of those 31, eight had resulted in conviction, oh. and only one of those eight resulted in execution. But during Salem, the court of Oye and Termine tried 28 cases and produced 28 convictions. Stephon Curry from the three-pointer line. Ap- right? <laughs> yeah, absolute. Yeah. Basketball. Flawless justice. Yeah. Yes, indeed. 
Well, one actually might say that the judges did far more than anyone else to keep the witchcraft hysteria going for as long as it did. And they kept it at the level it was necessary to produce 19 executions. It was almost like they were chasing away from the crowd itself, wondering if we could just literally kill all of them. Mm-hmm. They won't accuse us. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, partly this was because these judges got just as caught up in the fear and paranoia as everyone else. Because being wealthy and successful in business does not necessarily mean the you can also be a fucking idiot in other realms. What? Absolutely. No! <laughs> Businessmen! They're the backbone of this country, the most reliable people! I can make a yep. list! The most reliable businessmen in the world. Briefcases. Uh-huh. Those guys from Enron. Shoes. Fucking wow! Yep, they got jackets on. Yeah. But just like we can't point to any one reason why the Salem witch trials occurred in the first place, we similarly can't point to a single reason why the judges decided to execute so many accused witches. Well, a possible motivation for the large number of executions is something that seems like a modern invention, but is actually as old as time. To wit, Massachusetts didn't want to appear as if they were soft on crime. This has been going on for hundreds of years. That's why I'm running for president and I am hard on crime. I'm rock hard right now. I have sex with a burglar. Absolutely. I'll suck the dick of of, of a... I mean, honestly, he's low-level crimes. Let's let's just be frank. But that's how hard on crime I am. If I even see a child sneeze wrong, I get hard. I'll get hard right now. Seriously, do something mild. Jaywalk in front of me really quick. Dude, I'm rock hard. Oh, well. Wow. Honestly, I've been hard for several hours. I was beginning to hurt. Rock hard on crime. Well, concerning crime in Massachusetts, just the year before Salem, a case of piracy fell in front of the colonial courts in which a group of sailors had spent a month seizing vessels off the coast of New England, seemingly on a whim. They illegally downloaded a bunch of fiddle music. That's hilarious. (laughs) Hello, Napster. However, the difference between these sailors and, say, Blackbeard's crew, who were operating at the exact same time, was that the New England sailors were well-connected to the Puritan merchant community. They were pranksters. I mean, it fell they off a truck, it. right? They basically, Isn't it the same thing? It's old school. It's just always been this way. If like, there's commerce, there's going to be people be there kind yeah. of trying to get off the side of it. Yeah. See, after these weakened warrior pirates were captured and tried, they, for the most part, were given a slap on the wrist. While one pirate was executed for show, probably their actual pirate buddy who wasn't just some fucking rich kid, the rest got no more than a fine of 20 pounds. It's about six grand in today's money, which is absolutely nothing to men with friends in high places. No, you don't even get paid that much to do a commercial anymore, uh, which I'm learning the hard way. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Isn't that sad? It's just true, but that's about the amount of money but but the one they did execute he downloaded the entire weezer blue album that is, and again he did not pay the 11.99 for it this guy, little, this guy. he keeps it coming man you don't ever stop man. i don't ever stop it must be that piss you're drinking no it's rockstar <laughs> i'm a rock star i have a rock star lifestyle well this light sentencing of course caused much outrage in the general public who had to deal with pirates on a regular basis. The blame for these light sentences was rightfully placed at the feet of the magistrates. And as it happened, five of the magistrates who passed down these light sentences 
would preside over the Salem witch trials with a much heavier hand. Oh God, just imagine being at the foot of the magistrate, just the 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 gunk the curl. And the I mean, honestly, curl and I'm gonna go ahead and say I probably have a magistrate's foot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I can <laughs> see it, that. No, yeah. It's not pretty. No, every yeah. magistrate has plantar fasciitis. That's that's yeah. for certain. That I is just, true. It's just the towel. It's like you know, I keep it trimmed, but it's just my feet. Just like that's the one part that's just getting worse and worse. Yeah. Is it truly as I get older? You're half yeah. eagle. Well, the thing to keep in mind here is that witchcraft was, at its core, a crime. No. It's mm. no different from theft or murder. Additionally, the problems facing the colony that we talked about in the first episode, those were only getting worse, and Satan made a convenient scapegoat. In other words, life sucked and everything was hard, but yep. there was now an option to do something about it. Or at least appear as if you were doing something. Because the slaughter of the innocents when society is under pressure has always been popular. If I even see someone making a strong chili and it starts to boil over, I get hard. <laughs> I mean, that's just <laughs> because how you I would say that looks like witchcraft to me, to me and honestly, I know that's a crime. I don't know what a crime is until I see the bulge. Yeah, <laughs> then know I know. Crime. Oh, that's crime. Uh, you know, these guys, th this is one reason. There's, an, there's other mm. weird reasons. Okay, I mean, there's a lot there, going on. But there's a baked-in one that I also think gets really interesting is because there's the religious reason, too. Because these guys, being the most powerful merchant group in all of the area, they had, let's just say, been pretty fucking loose with their Puritan ideals in order to become these businessmen, right? Mm -hmm. They had to be live and engage in the secular world in a, lar a large amount and manipulate the secular world and be a part of it and traffic in it. Like the Amish. Like the Amish. And so they view themselves, as they try to keep it separate, but half the time they end up blowing their own children and selling cocaine, right? Oh. That's what the Amish do. Oh, my. And, and, but <laughs> Is that true? Yes. Huh. And it's the same shit because... These guys then realize, like, oh, everybody's going to look at us as half Puritans, too. Right. They're going to see that we are, like, they're going to st start thinking these thoughts about how we're just businessmen and we traffic all these things. Right. So now, also, there's this other pressure. We got to show these guys we're full-time Puritans. It's like... Yeah. It's like the evangelicals in politics, where it's like they have they are fully ensconced in the secular world and get total benefits no, from no, it. No, no, I think they're pretty uh, they're pretty pious. Oh yeah, 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 yeah they're pretty pious. <laughs> but it shows that they, it's the same thing. It's like, well, now we yeah, we're going to show all these guys the Puritan rule of law because they have to project it to keep everybody from you know making them next. Yeah. I think we can we can always make fun of the Amish, like, but we don't because you shouldn't. But they can't listen. No, that's the best part. No, I, isn't that the, interesting? The Amish still listen. They're liars. Oh, the Amish are liars <laughs> on the whole. Now, just as the court of Oye and Termine was being assembled to actually hear the witchcraft trials, eleven more people were not only accused of witchcraft but had formal complaints filed against them. It's basically filing, ch pressing charges. You have to go and press charges against someone for being a witch. You know, because they wa they waive too. Said so you used to have to put up a bond to make an accusation. You mm. used to have to pay to get involved, and they waived that. <laughs> this is true. It's like it's all everything's so fucking corrupt. It's like it's it's. But they had it's to like pay a loot to do box. It. Yes. But they waive that. So now it's anybody can do it. Yeah. Well, furthermore, the afflicted were spreading their accusations all over Massachusetts to nine other communities. And each person accused had to be captured and brought to Salem for holding at Ingersoll's Tavern prior to their examination. But even though the accusations were being flung at the so-called good people of Salem, like Rebecca Nurse, the people of Massachusetts were continuing to use the panic as an excuse to get rid of some of the so-called bad people. Hmm. And to be honest, some of them were in fact 
massive pieces of shit. I mean, this is a good time to clean house. All right. One 75-year-old man named Thomas Farrar was a violent drunk known to have thrown a pregnant woman from her horse. But the clincher for witchcraft was that Farrar was known to deny the sacrament in church due to drunkenness. Get the fuck away from me, you fucking little <laughs> Well, you want to have a little carb, buddy? No, carb load. you fucking, you, I eat on my own time. All right. I eat and eat your what food. What is this pregnant woman doing on a horse? You gotta get there. So you gotta get to the other town somehow. Yeah, she can't be dragged by a rope. She can't be put in a fucking cart. <laughs> I don't know. If I was pregnant, I'd just take it easy for a second. But okay. Stay put. It's a tougher time to be alive. Oh. It was. Yeah, you had to be a tougher person. Yeah. And most of the time, they died. So. Right. Well, concerning another undesirable, there was fishwife Wilmot Reed, who was known to be sour-natured and grouty. Which means ill, bad-tempered, and rude. I like the word grouty. I like grouty. Where, it's probably where grouty came from. Why? Yeah. But yeah, she's right. Yeah, she's Everyone's just Everyone's like, oh, she's grumpy. It's fucking miserable. That's the problem. Yeah. Man, so problem. what if you're just correct? Kissel, could it fucking hell just, oh, could it tax you to put a smile on your face for a second? Right? Come on, everybody smile. Yeah. Right? I No. Now I won't. See? Now I won't because I grouty. hate that. Yeah, grouty. I'm not grouty. I just hang him. Oh God! <laughs> Who's a grouty boy? Who's I'm a not grouty. Boy. Are you a grouty boy? I'm not a grouty boy. <laughs> Sounds I'm like you're being deal. grouty. I'm not being grouty. <laughs> Gosh, what is wrong with you? Um, well, I'm put a smile. I'm you smile. It wouldn't hurt you to smile every now and again. Sounds like a real grouty person. <laughs> Here's a smile every now and again. Wilmot Reed had a habit of wishing children ill by saying that she hoped bloody cleavers would be found in their cradles. Cool. I mean, she's just my grandmother. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's mean. She's the nickname yeah. that my grandmother had for my little brother Michael was Squirrel because she hated squirrels. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, another on the list was Philip English, an Ebenezer Scrooge type who bought, sold, mortgaged, and repossessed properties in the Salem area and was quick to sue for debt no matter the circumstance. Additionally, people distrusted Philip English because he was an immigrant, a Protestant, and despite his surname, a Frenchman. Well, it's because he changed it. Yeah. It was originally Philip, this is true, L'Anglais. L'Anglais? Oh. It was French for English, and then he changed it, and then, and then he has to go like, Hello, I am simply <laughs> from a mirror. Eastern part of Illinois. <laughs> okay, France. Yeah. Okay. France, England. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as accusations against English went, Susanna Sheldon said that his specter put a knife to her throat to make her sign the devil's book. <gasps> then she saw a ghost accuse him of murder. That's the thing. She saw a ghost accuse him of murder. Mm -hmm. She didn't even the think ghost it was accused a... him of murder. Yep. Oh yeah, that's oh, all how God. that's all it was. Nobody actually saw anybody kill anybody else. It was that the ghosts of the people the witches murdered would show up to the afflicted and say, "Hey, George killed me," or "Philip killed me." Uh, so it so sounds go, like go make sure he gets killed. Yeah. It's a seventy-five-year-old man. He might have been a scumbag, right? He sure. was yeah. drinking too much. He was an asshole, maybe, perhaps. Then it's just a rightfully angry woman because she can't vote, and then a dude who is around, surrounded by morons. Who is just absolutely upset that he has to look at them. Yes. Mm -hmm. So this is all how we would be. Yeah, we're dead. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. the three of us were in this scenario. We'd all be dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I, we would have died long before for yeah, other, they many other my, reasons we would have died. They would have seen my incredible transformations. Mm -hmm. And they would have been like, oh, he must be a warlock because yep. he's the best actor I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Marcus is, is a, a familiar. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like I would view him as a familiar, and you are a big, horrible goon. You're a big, <laughs> uh, you're a half beast. I could either be ran out of the town, or I could be governor. Don't know. We don't know. 
that it, we don't know at all. But speaking of murder, people tried to use witchcraft to explain every disturbing thing that happened in Massachusetts. Everything that happened in Salem that was out of the ordinary took on a new sinister meaning, whereas before such disturbing things might have been met with a so-it-goes shrug. Who gives a mm. shit? I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, know. it is weird. All right. For example, a man named Daniel Wilkins was found dead with bruises on his back and broken skin in several places. The corpse's skin had been punctured all over, and when the people who found the corpse turned it over... Blood gushed from its nose and mouth. <laughs> oh, we've got a juicy one. Uh-oh. <laughs> that was the original gusher. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. That's that's what the original gushers are, is corpses. Yeah. Just corpses. I actually mm. hate the gusher. I, and yeah. I don't know why. I don't like it when it pops in my mouth. You, know, oh, I you have it when to remember. I do too. But I also don't like remember grapes. that it's a gusher because the, that's worse when you have it and you think it's just a normal gummy, right. and then you eat it and then it pops into the back of your throat like you're a new kid in town from San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't need that. That's the only thing about it. But I, I don't want to. I, I feel like I've been hating too much. You so are, I, yeah. I do like a gusher. Yeah, you like uh, gushers. I just don't and like, like the candy. Yeah, do you just. You know, <laughs> I do. I yeah, do. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Female ejaculate, I believe, is what he's referencing. I don't even, I don't know what jackets, I don't know about anything like that. I don't know. Just becoming a man I'd avoid. You know what I mean? Like, you're just becoming a person I'd avoid out in public. <laughs> ejaculate? What is it? Was it cold outside? I hate this. However, while poison was first suspected in the death of this corpse, there was none of the telltale swelling or any of the purging of vomit or feces. Hmm. Therefore, a grand jury concluded that this death was unnatural and had occurred at the hands of a witch. <gasps> now, coincidentally, though, Wilkins was the nephew of accused witch John Willard. That's uh, not good for John. No, it doesn't sound like it. He got executed. Yeah. Oh. But just as the witches were seemingly getting more violent, the officials in charge of eliciting confessions were using torture to move things along. John Proctor, who was <sighs> formerly a community leader of sorts and played by Daniel Day-Lewis in the movie. I remember. He, Absolutely. He, he was bound neck and heels in the English tradition of officers punishing soldiers. Yeah, dude, duffel bag style. Jeez. Yeah. Seems kind of like a hog tie, the yeah, way I think it is. Well, I think it's the, it's a thing. It's they're tied back. It's your hands and your arms are tied back. And That's like a hog tie. It's like what they did to my dog Puffin. Oh. Well, it was only after John Proctor's nose started gushing blood after Ugh. 24 hours of being hogtied. We got a juicy one! <laughs> it was only then that he was finally cut loose. I mean, at some point, didn't they just see a reflection of themselves in the mirror and say, what have we become? Uh, mirrors yeah. are actually very expensive and hard to come by. Maybe in the glass. Maybe glass then. Yeah. Mm, very dark. Much... Are we not? I think it was very dark. I yeah. see. Now, even though nobody was really in charge of the colony as a whole when the trial started, and even though Salem itself had no real spiritual leader that everyone could get behind, Massachusetts at large was under the heavy influence of a Puritan minister named Cotton Mather. This big-haired fucking moron. I hate Cotton Mather, man. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, that'd be controversial. I know. I dislike Cotton Mather. I don't okay. think it's controversial. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No. He, he's had, not, he it, had, what's his name? He had Mubatu hair. Yeah. From fucking uh, from Zoolander. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Very, it was a gigantic wig that that man wore. <laughs> now, even though Mather was a highly influential figure in American history, even outside of witchcraft, witches certainly played a large role in his biography. 
1684, eight years before Salem, Mathers published a book called Remarkable Providences. Oh! In which he covered, in which he covered the possession of a group of children in Boston, all belonging to a family called Godwin. As a consequence, scholars think that the description of the devil's activity put forth by Cotton Mather may have been read by some of the first afflicted girls in Salem, because oh. many of his descriptions of possession were reasonably similar to what they were describing and doing. However, when Cotton first heard about what was going on in Salem, he came out in opposition to spectral evidence, but still said that he trusted whatever the judges decided. Pulled a bit Great. of a Lindsey Graham. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. Mathers also said that he fully believed that what was happening in Salem was an outbreak of witchcraft. <gasps> but since some of the accused witches might be in the thrall of the devil against their will, mm -hmm. he suggested lighter <gasps> sentences than death. <laughs> see, this is a quote from him, and it is very. It feels very Lindsey Graham. Just a suggestion. Tis worthy considering whether there be a necessity always by extirpations, by hanging or burning. Sure. Every wretched creature that shall be hooked in some degrees of witchcraft. Sure, yeah. But what if some of the lesser criminals be only scourged? With lesser punishments, right? Right, my baby, my, 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 my baby. We also put some solemn, open, public, and explicit renunciations of the devil. Now, I'm apt to think that the devils would then cease afflicting the neighborhood if I, they felt unwanted. I love it, ham and biscuits, y'all. That is a fantastic idea. So instead of killing them, they just they we go whip to them. you whip them. You go to you whip them the and thing. you put up a sign. Here's your sign, bring, devil. Here's your sign, devil. Here's your sign. I want to bring back throwing of rotten foods. We've been talking about this for yes. a long time on last podcast and side stories as a whole, where I throw, do believe that more it. public and like I don't think that many of these politicians need to even go to jail, but they need to every Thursday mm -hmm. they need to go to a public space in a different major city and allow all of us to torture them. Okay. Torture Buy rotten how? food. But Throw food. rotten food Soft at them. Way. You know, okay. like softly, like hit them with pool noodles, fucking dunce caps, pull yeah. the pants yeah. down, throw eggs at them and shit. Okay. All right. So nothing deadly or anything. Traumatized. No. So you're wanting traumatizing. I want embarrassment and humiliation. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Never I'll, eat a meal in peace ever again. That type right. of thing. I, I would like to subscribe to your newsletter. Please yeah. send me all materials that I need to become a member. Yeah, come over to my house. You're going to love it. Leave your shirt at the door. Whoa. <laughs> Actually, we're doing a pool day, so. That's the news today. Yeah. I only go bottomless in the pool. Absolutely. <laughs> I always wear a shirt. Oh, so. my goodness. Is that a crime that I see? Oh, How is this a crime? Well, Mathers would show up time and again during the trials. But while he could pump the brakes quite a bit through his influence, he usually only made things worse, mm. much to the eventual detriment of the Puritan faith. It's the hand wringing. Yeah. It's not coming out strong against it. It's like saying, maybe, why don't, don't we? Know. And like all it did was make it. Make I mean, them to all be fair, harder. he may have been horribly scared himself. Oh, very much so. No. Called a witch. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> nah, I think Cotton, the Mathers, I think, were above reproach at this point. I think what they were more worried about was possibly losing influence. Uh, and yeah, they and were then also, as soon as you lose influence, you're a witch. Maybe. Yeah. But I, I think mean, it was, but we'll also, we'll get into it later. We'll get into it much more in the next episode because Mather, Cotton wasn't the only Mather around. There was also his father, Increase Mather, and they were sort of playing this game, this like kind of balancing act of like one of them would come out for it and the other one would come out against it. 
Uh, but it did Covering not work. Covering all angles. It, they tried to cover all angles so they could continue to be highly influential people. But we'll mm. talk next episode what that actually accomplished in the end. What was his uncle's name? Decrease Mathers? That's funny. <laughs> again, he's just... Again, awkward. he's coming. Kind of, well, you know, Ben's kind of a big bill, you know? He's doing his job today. <laughs> Now, I will not sign the Pickles book! <laughs> <laughs> now, the court of Oye and Termine began the Salem witch trials officially on June 2nd, 1692, with wow. the case of an accused witch named Bridget Bishop. We're here, people. We've arrived. Yeah. So Five hours later. So all of the other... We've had death thus far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, but now no it's executions. Officially. Now it's a trial, dude. Like now we're, trial. Now we're, we're at the trials. We're past okay. the examinations. We're past the depositions. We're past the arraignments. We are now officially in trial mode. All right. Bridget Bishop was first on the docket because she supposedly had the most evidence going against her. You wanted to start with a win. This is a, a guaranteed win here. Yeah. Okay. See, this was actually Bridget Bishop's second witchcraft trial <laughs> in less than 15 years. Oh. Back in 1679, she'd been charged and tried for witchcraft after a man accused her apparition of plaguing her. But she'd been acquitted for lack of evidence because spectral evidence wasn't allowed to be used in the trial. He just likes me. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like it. As such, the judges were determined to not let that happen again, especially because Bridget was elderly, poor, and quarrelsome. Plus, she was suspicious because a neighbor had once accused her of stealing a spoon. Trying to take my fucking spoon? Whoa! Right? That's, one of your, that's one of your prized spoons. This is my spoon. Hey, I use that spoon for spoonable items. Whoa! <laughs> I mean, it's a big deal back then, stealing a spoon. How many spoons do you have in your house, Ben? Okay, you're oh, back. at this point, that, I have a, a lot. I have a I don't lot know. of spoons, because I, I went to Target. Oh, really? So you actually, because I was about to I say, you were, the, you were the wrong person to ask about spoons, because I would imagine up until very recently, you only owned two to three spoons. I mostly I imagine him spoons. using his hands or most of the food, whatever he could pour from the delivery container into his face. <laughs> I was using plastic spoons for a while. Um, but no, I went to Target and I bought a whole bunch of spoons and they're gold. So what if I steal your spoons? How would you feel? I wouldn't care. Well, yeah, well, you wouldn't would care because would you be have weird. a whole bunch of spoons that were easily obtainable. You just go, you wouldn't even notice a spoon was missing. No, I would not. But in 1692, you're going to have at most four spoons. Maybe, and, or one big spoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of those I gigantic spoons. No, okay, no, no, no. All I, all spoons I know is. Are not, spoons have been around even in this era. All I know spoons is. Spoons are very common. When it comes down to it, hang this bitch. Because, because I am stole fucking, a spoon. Uh, yeah. Okay? Because not your spoon. All um, you do is hammer something down into a spoon. Caveman did it. Yeah, you know, uh, forks are pretty recent inventions. A forks a are different. Now, if uh, you, you know, said someone words, stole a fork. Your I, words and your penis are saying different stories because you are fully engorged, <laughs> so I know for a fact that you know somewhere inside that it's a crime. No, uh. it is a crime to steal a spoon, yes, and this is why I'm engorged, but I'm saying it's not executionable. Mm -mm. Well, it's not mm. executionable, but it can definitely push you along the path. But All even right. outside of the spoon stealing... Ten people came forward to testify on Bridget Bishop's history of satanic activities, which included mysterious deaths, unusual accidents, and an ability to summon monstrous satanic imps. She just knew her crowd and loved yeah. it. I mean, mm -hmm. it does seem like no one liked her. No, no one liked ten her. Ten people. Yes, no. people oh, ten. Just like her. 
But as far as what she did specifically in Salem, it seems as if Bridget Bishop somehow became a figure of nightmare, and her Mm. image became the de facto sleep paralysis specter for a number of people. This is all I want out of life. She's like the nun. I mean, I want to be that for other people. That would be incredible. Someone else's haunting specter. You want to be like the flannel man or the have you seen this man in your dreams? You want to be that guy? The graphic tea man. (laughs) Do 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 you see any notable differences between you and those kinds of people? I'm so fun and charming. How could you possibly be scared by me? Well, kind of, in a You'd way. You'd be like, whoa, actually, who's this delightful man? I would be surprised if you, like, Slender Man is scary. Because mm. he's skinny and tall. You're saying I'm fat. Well, he's fine. <laughs> because they'll take it. I'm endomorphic. Yeah, there's some skinny, chubby people. Remember Dr. Giggles? Yeah. Very true. Good point. Colin, Colin uh, what's his name? Feral. Nope. Uh, God, John, Leg- was John Leguizamo God, from Spawn. Uh, Cole oh, Meany. You're talking about Cole Meany? The guy that no, played uh, Captain no, uh, played, uh, Chief O'Brien? I'm thinking the dentist and I'm thinking Corbin Burns. Corbin oh, Burns. God, let's just, oh, God. Corbin Burns. <laughs> We're in Major League Hell here. Oh, absolutely. The Guardians. Well, Nate Burns accused Bridget of attacking them specifically when they were asleep, hitting people on the side of their heads, sticking things in their mouths, and crushing people by sitting on their chest. In every case, the specter disappeared when the victim was finally able to speak. These, of course, are all symptoms of sleep paralysis. Sure. Sleep paralysis occurs when people wake up during REM sleep when muscle activity is suppressed. This causes the person to wake up feeling basically paralyzed, which is sometimes paired with a feeling of weight on the chest, a choking sensation, and or the belief that the individual is somehow under attack. What if you mm-hmm. feel like that all day? Mm. Is that just unbridled, unmedicated anxiety? That's extreme yeah. anxiety. Yeah, that okay. should be uh, Yeah, that should be addressed. Just pressure on it. the chest. Just asking. Absolutely. Yeah. I always love REM sleep. Night swimming. <laughs> shining happy people. <laughs> I love REM. I really do. I mean, losing my religion is a great song. I, I, they should have lost their religion in the story, and then maybe some of these people would have lived. Absolutely. Right. Very true. Well, sleep paralysis sometimes also comes with an extremely vivid vision of an apparition of some kind, because the waking world and the world of dream are, in essence, Fused. Mm. And interestingly, people do see very similar objects during sleep paralysis. But these are all things that would have been poorly understood by a resident of Salem, Massachusetts in 1692. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they also could just be lying. They could be. Well, for example, yeah. a man named John Louder testified that he'd fought with Bridget Bishop over some chickens of hers that had gotten <laughs> loose in his garden. Hey, man. Man, this is just so chickens and spoons. Dude, this I is, mean, this is like. This is the problem. So I loved reading the, the uh, Storm of Witches, but when you go into the granular details of the inner conflicts that they all had, eventually you're just like, shut the fuck up about yeah. chickens and fences. <laughs> it's all chickens and fences. All right. Good Lord. Now, the fight must have been something volcanic, because Bridget soon became an apparition in Louder's dreams. <laughs> oh, chicken lady. Damn chicken woman's coming. <laughs> love damn it. Damn chicken woman, her league of chicken dudes. One of the greatest characters in sketch comedy history, the kids in the hall, oh, yeah. chicken, lady. chicken lady. Yeah, love the chicken lady. <laughs> love chicken lady. 
Well, during what was almost certainly a sleep paralysis episode, Louder said that he woke up to find Bridget Bishop Spectre sitting on his stomach while it tried choking him to death. Hey, uh, you want to come up here a little bit? Want to come up about a foot? Yeah, I love eating this chicken's. Uh. Yeah, chicken pussy. Is it any good? Well, during... It's a cloaca. <laughs> yeah, it tastes a lot like a lot of other things. What's it like? Well, from there, Louder either had a full-on hallucination out of fear or he simply lied to juice up his story. Mm. On a day when Louder stayed home sick from a Sabbath service, he said he saw a black pig in a locked tavern. It's pig day at the tavern. <laughs> and the pig disappeared and was replaced <gasps> with a black-furred chicken-footed imp who leaped into his window and spoke with a disturbingly human face. Supposedly speaking on behalf of the devil, mm. the creature said, quote, I am a messenger sent to you. I understand you are troubled in mind. If you will be ruled by me, we will want for nothing in this world. I love this devil Especially chicken. feathers. <laughs> yeah, you want legs. Uh, you got legs for days, chicken. Hell yeah. Why don't you uh, come and sit on my face a little bit? I'm a go. Okay. <laughs> well, the beast then threw dust at Louder, and that dust struck him dumb for three days. <laughs> And while Louder might very well have deliberately lied to get the scary chicken lady out of his life, yeah. he also might have been suffering from a kind of mass hysteria experienced by those people in Salem who swore up and down that they actually saw some fucked up shit. They're also looking for it. Those yeah. three days that he was dumb, he loved young Sheldon. <laughs> I just think it's funny that he wore a nice suit when he was a kid, but then as an adult, he wears T-shirts. It doesn't make any sense. You're correct. <laughs> the lore doesn't hold. It really doesn't. No. It really doesn't. Wow. No. But concerning Bridget Bishop's trial, a panel of nine women and a surgeon named John Barton searched Bridget Bishop's body for devil's marks or teats <laughs> that have been sucked on by Satan or a witch's familiar like a cat, a bird, or a toad. Uh, a little milky nipple. I mm -hmm. know what they're up to. Now, it cannot be understated how thorough these examinations were because just such a teat was found, quote, <sighs> between the pedendum and the anus i.e. the taint. <laughs> well, there it is. My favorite part. Oh, can you imagine? They, I mean, just looking, staring into this old lady's crotch, like having to move all kinds of hair and stuff out of the way. Come on, let's yeah. take a look at it. Okay, I've never seen this before. Look at that. <laughs> However, when Bridget Bishop had her butthole area looked at again hours later, the excrescence, as it was called, had disappeared. Whoa. Whoa. Maybe it was just a little piece of dookie. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm thinking it might have been dookie. Yeah. The most damning evidence against Bridget Bishop, however, came from a man named John Bly and his son. See, John Bly had bought some pigs from Bridget's not-yet-dead husband a few years earlier. But for some reason, Bridget found the deal unsatisfactory. Oh, none of these garbage. pigs are willing to have sex with me. <laughs> they squeal and squeal and squeal, and none of them will moan. <laughs> and as it went, after the sold sow gave birth to a litter of piglets, it became deaf and blind, after which it foamed at the mouth, broke free from its pen, and terrorized the townsfolk for two hours before it was caught again. It's hard to be a mom. It's a <laughs> 
hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun day. It is. It is a fun day. But again, what else are the kids going to do? Go get the pig. It's all yeah. about soundtrack. Right? Because yeah. you put like, and everyone's fun and it's a funny thing to do. Boom. Right. You put that in. But as soon as you put in the soundtrack from The Witch, yeah. mm. over the thing running through the field, it's immediately creepy. And yeah. that's what they did. There's a whole thing is just putting a creepy soundtrack over a bunch of shit that was just normal ass neighbor fights. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, this pig incident was baffling to John Bly. Or at least it was until he and his son did a little repair work at the Bishop household seven years later. Allegedly, Bly found several poppets in the walls of the Bishop home made of rags and hog bristles, and those poppets were filled with headless pins. Torture the pigs. Whoa. Put simply, poppets are voodoo dolls. But from what it seems, the poppets in Salem were mostly used not to torture the afflicted, but the farm animals of neighbors who annoyed the alleged witches. Well, just uh, why? Why with the animals? It, it wasn't real. I would say don't torture the animals, though. They just—it's all—it's all it's maleficum. Just torture right. the neighbor the, that you the don't like. It's little devilish magics. It's mm. little things. But puppets were, it's called image magic at the yeah. time, or or what's it, uh, the, the, the sympathetic magic. But it's it's interesting because puppets have been around forever. Yeah. They've always used it. There's always been a part. It's been a, such a part of folk magic. I bet you she did have puppets around. Probably. But a lot of times they were good. They were for good. It was to protect your own property. It was to protect your own crops. So it was, that was what it was supposed to be used for. I don't know, yeah. man. I think she's making her neighbor's hamsters go crazy. I mean, <laughs> it's not hard. Much well, like, all you got to do is set up a couple of firecrackers and these hamsters go nuts. You put it in, set them yep. on fire, put them in a cage. Much <laughs> like the guinea pigs from DC Super Pets. This has to stop. Yeah. You went and saw it, huh? He's, yep. you know, Marcus, please don't. He has been <laughs> literally bringing it up on every single piece of media that we create. <laughs> well, because Bridget Bishop had used a pig poppet, and because she had a weird taint, and because the afflicted said she'd attacked them spectrally, hmm. she was found guilty and was <gasps> the first to be sentenced to hang. Jesus Christ. It's just a lot. It's just a big punishment. Well, the it's thing is, again, it's all silly. It's all silly garbage. And yeah. then you die. Yeah, it's a pig. I mean, it really is. It's a, You had a pig poppet. You had a doll. Your taint's weird. And these little girls said that your ghost uh, attacked them. Shouldn't have had a weird taint. Yeah. I guess not. Should have yeah. got that sandblasted last week if you wanted to <laughs> no. not be a witch this week. I didn't know anyone was going to look at it. Well, Bridget's death warrant was signed and sealed by Chief Justice William Stoughton, perhaps the most aggressive of judges when it came to prosecuting witches. And Bridget's execution was scheduled for the following Friday. And so... On June 10th, 1692, Bridget Bishop was taken from Salem Prison and transported in a cart surrounded by guards and mounted officers. And that is truly the image you get from every single movie about witches. Mm -hmm. It is exactly what you think. Is the cart goes down the rocky trail and everyone's on the, the sides of it going like, Banna! <laughs> it's a fun day for everybody outside the cart. I, well, mm -hmm. that is true. It is fun. To be honest, but the yes. problem is that everybody that ends up back in the cart. Right. Yeah. The legendary Gallows Hill, however, was not the site of execution for all these witches, mostly because nobody was going to pull a cart up a hill just to hang a witch. 
instead. <laughs> so, that, so they took the lazy way out also on this? <laughs> if, you're gonna hang me, if you're going to hang me, you need to do some cardio. Yeah, put in some effort, yeah. Put well, in that some was effort. Always, that was always the legend in Salem, is that, yes, the witches were hung upon up there upon Gallows Hill. But uh, when historians started looking into it and started thinking about it, they're like, they would never pull a cart up a hill. They wouldn't do that. They don't um, have to do life's that. Life's hard enough as it is. I had to walk uphill just to go watch the Dodgers play, and I didn't even get to see anybody die. Now you're just starting so, to sound like you're starting to sound like our grandfathers, because <laughs> you just you're just talking about a ramp. It's not a hill. No, yeah, it is a, a hill. It's a oh, ramp. No. It's a ramp. It's a no, ramp. The Dodgers for, it's for handicap access. No, no, no. That's Dodger, where they have that. No, Dodger Stadium is on top. Uh, I've it's been on top of uh, I've been to Dodger hill. Stadium. It's a ramp. It's a ramp. No, you guys are actually completely wrong. <laughs> Wait until you get the messages about being wrong. (laughs) Well, instead of it being Gallows Hill, the site was just a common pasture on the edge of town where the witches were hung from nothing more ceremonial than a rope tied to a tree branch. It's pretty bad, man. Yeah, it's horrible. See, back then, the Puritan way of hanging was simply to lean a ladder against a tree branch, make the condemned walk halfway up, put a rope around their neck, and push him off. Yeah. What about no? What about I'm not going to walk up those? You just got to run and scream, but they were having, they had dignity, Kissel. Oh, that is God. not a dignified way to no, allow yourself not. to be hanged. It's not. I also would, I would carbo load. I would eat so much bad Hopefully food. You would kill, just, no, you've been starved, have starved in the jail there. You don't oh, get a final meal or anything. Mm-hmm. No. Well, this is, of course, different from the gallows method, in which everything in the hangman's power was done to make sure that the neck of the accused broke when the rope went taut thereby mm-hmm. ensuring a quick and clean death for the condemned. Well, we did our entire episode on executioners, yeah. and it was mm-hmm. a skill, and it was a craft. You had mm-hmm. to go, and you had to get good at it, and you, you have to train for it. You practiced. You did math. In yeah. Salem, though, no such hangman existed, nor did the pity. Uh-oh. When a person was hanged from the branch in Salem, they were slowly but surely choked to death. Blood wept up from the eyes, nose, and mouth while the victim hung, and the whole body thrashed against its bonds as it convulsed uncontrollably, expelling every bit of waste in sheer instinctual terror. You just got cleansed of the devil. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Pamela, why don't you go grab her ankle and hang on it a little bit there? It's taking forever. That was too merciful. They that was way it. too merciful. Oh. Yeah, they, they, they was way, way, way. There was no, they wanted it to be awful. And so Bridget, how long did it take? Uh, I mean, you could take anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes sometimes. Jeez. Yeah, because you're still grabbing at the rope. You're going, ah, like you're trying to No, they're to not grabbing at the rope. Their, their hands are bound. But, oh, they, but okay. it does. Yeah, their hands are bound. Their feet are bound. So it's just imagine uh, just a big sack just trying to convulse and just fucking. Uh, and they did have hoods on a lot of the time. So, huh. you know, the blood would seep through the hoods. Uh, cool. And they're, of course, just shitting themselves the entire mm-hmm. time. Piss is flying everywhere. I actually sure. learned why people shit themselves when they uh, get scared. I learned that recently. Why is that? Do you know why? It's the lizard brain. Because when we were, it's the um, amygdala, you know, that little lizard brain part of our head. When we were tiny little lizards, when we got super scared, when a predator bigger than us came to try to kill us, we would shit ourselves so we could run away faster. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah. But then, but that part of our lizard brain is still there somewhere. So when we get really scared, that's why people... Um, Fill their pants with mess. Is that why I shit <laughs> six or seven times a day? Are you scared? A lot. What are you scared <laughs> of? Just my own teeth. <laughs> it's called a generalized anxiety. What I said before is true. Oh. 
Well, in Bridget's case, she pled her innocence right up to the moment she was pushed off the ladder. And after she died a slow, painful, terrifying death, yeah. her corpse was buried quickly and unceremoniously nearby, making her the first person executed during the Salem witch trials. Congrats. I guess. Now, after Bridget was brutally murdered by the state, there was a two-week lull in supernatural activity, as if some sort of primal need by the people had been temporarily sated. No new people were accused, and the afflicted seemed to recover. But that did not mean that the death stopped. I think it almost, it kind of almost just feels like they're just ready now. It's almost like it started and now like, okay, now we're going to get good. But also yeah. didn't they get the bloodlust out? So they're like, yeah, can chill. Almost, like a a serial, bit. almost like a macro serial killer after the first kill. They're like, yeah, yeah I feel pretty good. Yes. Yeah. But the then like, two weeks later, they're like, the pressure. itch is back. Yeah. Live from your grave. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here with Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, it's me, man. Yeah, bro. Henry Zabrowski is smoking some of that sweet last podcast of the left, babe. Go out there and purchase yourself some. I hope you enjoy it. We have sativa, we have indica, and we have a hybrid. And I have to tell you, from my personal experience, they are wonderful. Super tasty live resin. You really get the delicious weedy taste, which is what I like, and three different experiences. You go to your local vape store and get it. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We absolutely love you. Can't wait to see you on the road and get that vape. Put it in your brain and have a good time. And if you want us at your favorite weed store, give them a call and ask for them by name. Last podcast on the left. It's weed. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest. And I guess I can share it here. I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction, and it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins as soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Hey! Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs, and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands 
in the dirt. And I love planting things myself. And fast growing trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list. With Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish. Wow! I just gotta learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm gonna be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, in the period between Bridget's execution and the next set court date for the following witch trials, a suspected witch named Roger Toothacre died in jail. <laughs> now, Toothacre was a self-admitted witch, but he considered himself to be on the side of good fighting against Satan's evil. For To have this man's life would have been fantastic. He, he considered himself basically a superhero. Yeah. He was he was with it. I mean, he's stupid. Yeah, in a way, this wouldn't be the time really, to do that. He really uh, leaned in. I think in he's just having fun with it. Yeah, yes. He's yeah, but the they're killing go- people. He's technically the positive version of Abigail Hobbs, yeah. where he's like the guy that's just been like, "Oh, I'm a good witch. Mm-hmm. Oh, can't you see that magic can be white?" And like be very oh. like free flowing with it. Meanwhile, like you can't be. Alan Cummings in this time period. Like, they're gonna nail you to a fucking wall. Well, Toothacre was a folk healer and a self-styled white magician who specialized in the detection and punishment of Maleficium. I'm what you need to make sure you're safe against the witch. Oh, cool. I like this guy. Yeah, he openly admitted to using counter magic to kill a witch by heating a sealed bottle of urine collected from an afflicted person. I boil that piss, and I'll kill that witch, and I'll do it again. Fantastic. (laughs) This, however, only made him more likely to be accused. Mm. A man in Andover said that a pack of witches had swarmed his house, stabbed him with an iron spindle, and burned him with a tobacco pipe. Roger Toothacre was said to be amongst these witches, but unbeknownst to the accuser, Roger Toothacre was already dead for, like, days by the time Mm. that attack occurred. News did not travel fast. It's possible then, isn't it? The ghost of Toothacre! But here's the thing, is that the ghosts of witches, as far as I know, never actually haunted anybody. It was the ghosts of people that the witches killed that haunted people. And I don't think anyone ever said, like, after, say, like, Sarah Good was uh, was executed. Oh, she was out of equation. Yeah, she they're out done. of the equation. They're, they're gone. They're in hand. Witch off the board, yeah. 
Yeah, because because that's the thing. They must. That's the if they were to say that they were still roaming the earth, and that would go against the entire Puritan narrative that doing witchcraft was going to send you to hell for an eternity. You had to go to hell immediately, or else Yo, the whole he, game falls apart. He's right in hell. This is yeah. pretty. Uh, it's pretty weird science. Yeah. It is. <laughs> well, Roger Toothaker's death did not keep more accusations from coming, and the woman who reawakened the community's fears after the pressure was let off by Bridget Bishop's death was the aforementioned Susanna Sheldon, who was very much faking everything. So she wasn't getting the attention she needed. Mm-hmm. So now it's time oh to my get God. involved. If they kill her, it takes 22 minutes. That's the episode of Sheldon. That's young Sheldon. (laughs) See, Susanna was not only faking every accusation, but it's almost certain that she had help because some of the things that happened to her could not have happened unless Susanna was a secret stage magician. You never know. You do. You don't. In one incident, Susanna showed up with her hands bound tightly with strings, so tight that the bindings had to be cut off. This was supposedly the work of witches. Another time, Susanna was found hanging from a hook. Again, (laughs) she said that specters had hung her and left her for dead. And this happened Mm. three more times. The only way I could possibly making this up is if I was some form of mind freak. Whoa! How's he levitating? (laughs) Sweet. That cigarette lit itself. Dennis Rader could have used this as his defense. He tried. Uh, what do yeah. we know? We we interviewed the person who knows him best. He spent hours setting this shit up. It took yeah. a long time, but uh, he did it. Like that's what proves that she might not have had any accomplices at all. She may have done Dennis it. Rader made it happen. But did she have enough time alone, like Dennis Rader I did, to perfect her craft? I don't know. Seems yeah. like people were very lonely. It, we, you could just go out in a field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it was amongst the physical attacks allegedly perpetrated by Susanna Sheldon that the next round of witch trials were held, starting with Sarah Good, one of the yep. first accused. Now, Sarah's trial is one of the few that showed provable fakery in the courtroom. During Sarah Good's trial, one of the afflicted claimed that Good stabbed her in the breast and broke the knife blade. And oh. when Good was examined, a sliver of metal was found in her clothes. <sighs> However, a young man in that very courtroom said that he had broken a knife the day before, and when he produced the knife, the silver fit the broken blade perfectly. In just a moment of silence? Hmm? Court claimed to prove nothing. Hang <laughs> Yep, nothing at all. And so, along with the spectral evidence, Sarah Good, second accused, would also be the second to be sentenced to hang. Next up was a woman named Susanna Martin, whose plea of not guilty was met with contortions from the afflicted so violent they seemed to dislocate joints, which was accompanied by the prerequisite vomiting of blood. Cool. They were just popping and locking. I yeah. guess so, but it is myself. tough to vomit blood. You want back myself. Unless you bite your own tongue and you, you you just spit out the blood. And they say vomiting blood, and yes, it was very dramatic, but they could have just literally just gone like... Yeah, they might have. Yeah, we don't know. There weren't cameras. Now, Goody Martin had, like Bridget Bishop, already survived a witchcraft trial a few years earlier after she allegedly sent a ghost puppy to menace (laughs) a man named John Kimball after they argued over the sale of a live puppy. (laughs) How would that even be a menace? Uh, Because he he tripped on it. Yeah, like we dogs do. <laughs> oh, They're always But it's up to you to get out of their way. Yeah, it's their house. <laughs> hey, are the dogs walking you or are you walking the dog? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, for this, who's, who's in charge of who? There he's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's crying. Kissel's yeah. crying. Yeah, I don't know if you can see it. They but. just depend on me for everything. <laughs> Well, for this, amongst other spectral accusations, Goody Martin was called, quote, one of the most impudent, scurrilous, wicked creatures in the world by Cotton Mather. Because she said a ghost puppy. Yeah. <laughs> and she was thereby sentenced to be hanged. Hang oh, my God. It's just a lot of punishment for very little crime. I'm half hard with yeah. this crime. <laughs> a ghost puppy? Yeah. I'm not even fully engorged. No. That's how little crime this is. Yeah, Ghost Puppy was one of the worst techno albums I've ever heard. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Ghost Puppy is a band. I guess so. I'm sure that it is, right along with Dead Mouse, Ghost Puppy, Dumb Cats. Oh, what do you I know? love Dumb Cats. <laughs> oh, there's definitely a Ghost Puppy, but Hungry Marching Band, who's the first band I ever saw play in uh, New York back in 2003, they have a song called Ghost Puppy, so there you Fascinating. go. Fascinating. <laughs> How yeah, was that going to stay in the, the show? Big, I don't the know. Big because bass Marcus drum. did it, now that gets to stay in the show. The yeah, that gets, yeah, because I wrote the outline. That big bass drum that used to play in the Cowmen, bought that from a member of Hungry Marching Band. Everybody loves this. Fascinating. Yeah, they love it. Fascinating. They do. They are, they're, they're interested in Marcus's history. Tell me more about big drums. <laughs> I got a lot to say about big drums. <laughs> I love a big drum. Have a seat. Let me talk to you about big drums. Next on the docket, however, was a woman that many believed prior to the accusations to be beyond reproach. Uh-oh. That was one of the town's favorite old ladies, the godly Rebecca Nurse. Yep. Now, the evidence against Rebecca Nurse was pure hearsay and coincidence. For one, there had been a petty dispute involving a neighbor and a pig who'd gotten into Nurse's field. Again. Now, and Nurse, got, of course, got very angry about the pig getting into her field. Uh, and sure. then she yelled at the guy. But then the guy was struck with spells of blindness, stomach pain, and choking. Doctors could find nothing wrong with the neighbor, and he later died amidst a series of violent seizures from Wait. God knows what kind of horrible colonial disease. It's the called doctor- the shivers. He's <laughs> got the shivers and the twists. He's blind. He's vomiting. And the doctors are like, "We have no. What are you talking about? That that's the thing." Well, and the other things were real. None of that happened. <laughs> no, it was the blind, later no. on. He did go blind, and he did have stomach pain, and he did choke, and he did die after a, a series of violent seizures. All that happened. It definitely happened. It was because he was sick. He was, he was sick. sick. Yes. Yeah. He yeah, had a very he, he had a very serious disease of some kind. He probably had cancer eating him from the inside out. And you oh. know, Rebecca Nurse is the exact type of person who's like, now y'all know me. Y'all know me, you don't know my ways. It's like an right? old timey sheriff. Yeah, or? now y'all know. <laughs> right? Now Rebecca Nurse would never be accused of something like this before, right? And Rebecca Nurse would what, never did be. Did she chew cigars? Yeah. <laughs> and Rebecca Nurse would also never be guiltily accused and 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 and, 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 and confirmed of such crimes. So would, would she? Not? You're turning into Johnny Cochran. No, no, I'm saying out here is that we almost pay attention. Rebecca Nurse is an innocent woman. I never make a man sick. I only make a man glad. I think only make a man smile. Your Rebecca Nurse is wrong. <laughs> On everything, yeah, gender. Yeah. I would, yeah. I'm going to say race. Um, <laughs> that's just, Rebecca Nurse's voice. That's what she sounds like. Y'all know me. Yeah, you <laughs> sound does. like your Rebecca Nurse sounds like the guy that tried to prove that the JFK assassination was connected to all those orgies. Now you My have act. to know that JFK himself was present, and you knew he was because he was on his back. And they always played the wheelbarrow game oh, when JFK was present. I love that game. But after the troll Abigail Hobbs and her mother Deliverance claimed that Rebecca Nurse was the servant of the devil, people remembered the pig argument and the ensuing death 
as far more sinister than it really was. Oh, my goodness. I'm starting to think they got to kill the pigs. (laughs) A lot of grief is coming from these pigs. I guess so. I like a good pig, but if it's human life or pig death, I don't know. You still thinking about getting a pig? I, oh, as soon as I got my land, we got my pig. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what's his land? You got a pig. But I just don't. I mean, there's no such thing as a little pig. No, they grow big. No matter They're what. They're just going to be huge. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to name it. No, you need I think a I'm going to name it Oyster. That's cute. Oh, that's a cute Oyster name for a pig. the pig. That's that a great cute. name for a pig. You're going to love having a pig. You're really going to enjoy it. I know you are. Absolutely. Now, Rebecca Nurse was the first amongst the accused witches to have character witnesses testify during her trial, all of whom said that she was a good and godly neighbor who would never deal with the devil. I only look for sales with the devil. And indeed, (laughs) (laughs) that's a woman. Just so everyone's listening, everyone, that is his, that's your Rebecca Nurse. Rebecca Nurse. (laughs) And I do all the work, which is why I'm Rebecca Nurse and not Rebecca Doctor. You know Um, what I'm saying? I actually do like that. Nurse is underappreciated. Underappreciated. And indeed, after 39 testimonies to her godliness, including 20 written depositions, the jury found Rebecca Nurse not guilty of witchcraft. I told you you knew me. (laughs) (laughs) but Uh when the verdict was announced the afflicted shrieked louder than they've ever shrieked before oh come on this is just what twitter is yep Uh uh-huh and so chief justice william stoughton told the jury why don't you look at the evidence again so you want us to totally throw out all of what we've just done yes so basically because they didn't get the thing that they wanted they forced her to be found guilty yeah yeah well they then asked goody nurse if she identified as a witch or as one of the wrongly accused and rebecca nurse i would imagine sick of this shit just refused to answer so because she refused to answer and because the chief justice was putting a lot of pressure on him the jury changed their judgment to guilty and sentenced the nice old lady to hang Jesus. Now, there was a last-ditch effort to save Rebecca Nurse's life made by Governor Fitz. That would be so terrible. Yeah, Yeah, you're the governor. Why don't we instead, we give a spanking out in the field. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) He issued a reprieve for her execution. But when faced by complaints from the afflicted and an unnamed Salem gentleman... Phipps rescinded the reprieve, and Rebecca Nurse was set back on the path to the Uh, noose. uh Uh-oh. Now, the good person defense that was tried for Rebecca Nurse was also given a go by the next person on trial, Elizabeth Howell, even though the conviction of Nurse proved that the court would stop at nothing to hang anyone who put up resistance. A dozen people testified in Howell's favor, with many bringing up how kindly she'd taken care of her blind husband. However, suspicions in the community grew when Howe's brother-in-law offered no argument or help after she was arrested. What does that mean? He's a brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Brother-in-laws, I love them. You're not, you're not, you don't have to. No, you're just yeah. like, what you do? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I say. Yeah, sure. Yep. Oh, oh. Yeah, Limit. whoa, huh? Wow. Yeah, while well, you're playing video games, it's like, yeah, it's just like, huh? Huh? <laughs> take your, your wow. Candle. What? <laughs> Which, yeah, she huh? must have. That's crazy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you're the brother-in-law. Yeah. Well, the main testimony here came from a man named Timothy Purley, whose daughter had been struck with a wasting disease that took two years to kill her. If only. (laughs) The disease, of course, had set in just after a quarrel that Goody Howe had with Timothy Purley 
over some cows. Oh, it just God, seems like these the people cow. are constantly fighting with each other, and then yes. at some point after one fight, you do naturally die. Which also why the this cuts back to why they had such a hard time finding a minister in the first place is because this town and this whole area was filled with grouty bitches, yeah. and everybody <laughs> was just like it, yeah. at each other's fucking throats twenty four seven because it was garbage living, yeah, and they all so. were trapped in a world of pain. Yeah, and they all believed that, I mean, the, the amount of pressure and fear that these people lived under at all times uh, mm. is insane. I mean, because you got to think that every single one of these people also think that they could be murdered at any point by natives. At any point, you see the swaying of a blade of grass and you might think, oh, here they come for me right now. And I don't want to get too far in this, but yeah, the reason why they're mad is because they used to be living where you're living now. Right. And you showed up. And you took where they lived, and now, yeah, they're understandably they're a upset. little upset. They're, they're upset. upset. They're very upset. I mean, it's another war, you know? Like, wars were pretty commonplace back then. Well, this assertion that this girl died fight. after the cow fight, this was taken as evidence, despite the fact that the dead girl refused to say that she had been attacked by witches, even as her brother tried to convince her on her deathbed to name Goody Howe as a witch. Hmm. That's how this little girl spent the last moments of her life. Her brother going, are you sure it wasn't a witch? Are you sure this wasn't done by a witch? You I sure it wasn't sure. Rebecca Howe? Yeah, there's worse ways to die. I guess there are worse ways to die, I, I suppose. Well, you got to have fun with it. Yeah, but after hmm. dying of a wasting disease for two years, that's how it ends. Yeah. yeah. Further evidence against Goody Howe came from a man named Nehemiah Abbott, who owned an ox that had trampled Elizabeth Howe's field. <laughs> Allegedly, Howe told Abbott that she hoped his ox would choke. And when the animal did indeed choke on a turnip, the funniest way for an ox to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. Hal's hope was seen as evidence of witchcraft. Pain mm. in my ass. Yeah. Remember that one ox book, that book about an ox growing yeah, up? Yeah, I do. Babe, the big blue ox? Yeah, it was yeah, cute. something like that. Yeah. And so, despite support from her family and her ministers, Elizabeth Howe was sentenced to death based uh. on a snide comment and a couple of petty arguments about farm animals. Oh, of course, and along with the obligatory spectral evidence. Oh, yeah. After Howe was Sarah Wilds of Topsfield, which is about 30 miles away from Salem. Wilds was one of those outside-of-society types who had once been whipped for fornication. Oh, God, And, and, and even though she had been whipped, she still, quote, had the brass to flaunt finery above her station. Yep. What does that mean? She wore, like, a, a pair of glasses or something? Yes, they, she had anything that would seem fine or nice. Nice, yeah. I mean, it really wasn't in Puritan times. It, if you wore something, if you were, say, just a farmer and you wore, like, a fancy businessman's jacket, then right. that was seen as wearing finery above your station. You could actually be punished for it. Yeah, hmm. and they looked at themselves. Again, remember, they were constantly in inner conflict because the Puritans did celebrate when you made it in business that was kind of the mormon edge where they did sort of like they were into you being a successful puritan right but you couldn't show it and you couldn't be happy about it and you couldn't express it you just had to be that and then never show any sort of examples of it because then you're bragging i grew up in wisconsin i know yeah. yeah now the accusations against sarah wilds were perhaps the pettiest of all mostly her conviction came as a result of her not wanting to lend a scythe to her neighbors this refusal to lend tools somehow caused the neighbor's ox to refuse to pull a cart. Then the cartwheels <laughs> fell off. Uh, then the ox ran away. And the hay uh, that was in the cart spilled into the street. The stream. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Just like all that Bud Light that was just recently spilled on the highway. Kill this bitch. <laughs> Dang it. 
But because these same neighbors said they had, quote, long-standing suspicions about the witchiness of Sarah Wilds, she was found guilty and sentenced to hang. Yeah. I, maybe they just need to get a community theater. No, that just would be awful. Something. That's how you know where the witches are. Yeah. And so, with five trials and five convictions, Elizabeth Howe, Sarah Wilds, Susanna Martin, Sarah Good, and Rebecca Nurse were all loaded up into a cart and taken to the hanging pasture just outside of town. <laughs> burn them! And burn them! I wonder where they talked about in there. In the cart? Yeah. Yeah, probably just been like, wish oh, wasn't here right awake. now. Oh, hey, how are you? <laughs> you ready to get hanged? Yep. Whoa. This is where the clips hang out, huh? I guess this is where all the clips hang out. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, thank you. That's nice. Well, yeah. once there, Salem Town's junior minister, Nicholas Noy, gave Sarah Good a chance to confess as she stood on the hanging ladder, telling her that at least she would not die a liar if she told everyone she was a witch. Great. The irony is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But Sarah Good, with a noose around her neck, defiantly told the minister that she was no more a witch than he was a wizard. And if he took her life away, God would give him blood to drink. Yes. Oh, nice. And while that sounds like cool improv, Sarah sure. Good was actually referencing the Bible, Revelation 16:6, when God turned the rivers and springs into blood as a consequence for mankind's actions. Specifically, it said... For they shed the blood of the saints and prophets, and therefore thou hast given them blood to drink. Hemoglobin. Fuck at it. Yeah. Interestingly, though, years later, Reverend Noy did indeed suffer from an internal hemorrhage, which in fact did cause him to choke to death on his own blood. There's kind of a... Th- nice. I feel like it's more like sometimes people get what they deserve. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you get your own personal milkshake. Yep. And so, as Sarah Good kicked on the rope, the other four had to watch. Then the other three, then the other two, until finally only one person was left. That one person would have spent what was probably an hour or so watching everyone else slowly choke to death in front of them, one by one, before finally climbing up the ladder themselves. Well, maybe by the time they get to four, they'll be tired. Everyone will see <laughs> how crazy <laughs> this is. Nuts. is yeah, and we could all like maybe calm down a second. Because I admit, I mean, honestly, with the cows and shit, hang that fucking bitch. It's right? crazy. But me? Not me. I'm Man. nice. <laughs> Y'all know me. What would you rather be, number one or number five? Number one no. or number five? Number one. Number one, absolutely. I would rather be number five. Why? There is still a chance. No, there is no chance. But, but again, no, you're you, not Robin Hood. Out? No one's going to come in and shoot yeah, the fucking no, rope with a, <laughs> with an arrow. You're just die. You're dead, man. Yeah, you're Little John, unfortunately. So you die. If you end up in the gallows, you die. Mm-hmm. Well, but it's still until you're dead, you're not dead. So you got a chance. I guess that is true. We're, we're what if really, they did get tired? Like, like, what if after like the third <laughs> hanging, they were just like... Uh, let's go like well, it's possible these no. people are lunatics it seemed to just energize them okay yeah they got more and more excited meanwhile even more people around massachusetts were being accused of witchcraft with the help of the afflicted in andover which had the second highest instance of witchcraft allegations behind salem a woman named elizabeth ballard said that her house was full of spectral witches torturing her and drinking cider it's kind of fun. I mean, honestly, that's why cute. would they need to drink cider? Because well, they're having fun. They're having a party. They're having a witch party. Yeah, yeah. And but you weren't like, invited. I don't yeah. want to be invited. I it's, do. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, an invisible witch party with cider. That's cool. Then you're yeah. all gonna be hung. Then you're hung. Yeah, not now. Nah, Nowadays, but not, we, we just make it on TikTok. 
<laughs> and so her husband sent for Anne Putnam Jr. and Mary Walcott, two of the afflicted from Salem. They walked in the house and almost immediately identified the witches supposedly torturing Elizabeth Ballard. They named names. I love consultants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. And from there, more girls in Andover suddenly came down with fits and spectral attacks, which brought more visits from Putnam and Walcott, which only caused more fits and accusations. Now, to give you an idea of how these witch accusations spread from person to person, let's start with a witch that was named by Ann Putnam Jr. and Mary Walcott in Elizabeth Ballard's house. And she was named Witch of the Month? She was. Isn't that nice? Her name, you know, I would say it's more of a Witch of the Week type of situation. Witch of the Week, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and it's also Witch of the Week is kind of what's happening here, and each one of them died. I see. Well, the accused was named Ann Foster. And when she was questioned, she confessed and said that 305 witches were all working together in a conspiracy to replace God with the devil, using Salem Village as their base of operations. Now, once Anne Foster confessed to being a witch, the sickness spread to her daughter, who started making accusations against a woman named Martha Carrier, saying that Martha had used black magic to kill Martha's brothers and her brother-in-law. And I think that this is mostly to avoid the fact that you are now the daughter of a witch and you are probably the next to be accused of being of a witch or mm-hmm. at least in line with a witch. And so now you have got to accuse somebody else mm. before it lands on you. Okay. Yep. And Foster's daughter also accused Martha Carrier's two teenage sons of being witches. They were consequently tortured using the same blood-inducing neck-and-heels method that was used on John Proctor. Only this time, the jailers made John Proctor do the torturing. You remember how we did this thing to you? Now you do it to them. I want you to do it, but do it like it hurt like we did it to you. So you, you know how that is, right? You get in there and you do <laughs> Well, John Proctor probably didn't want to do that. That's a form of torture in its own self. Yes, yeah. its own right. Yeah. You're correct. One of the teenage sons, Richard Carrier, finally broke under torture and named many of the witches who had already been executed as those who had been satanically baptized. And that's because he's a good kid. (laughs) (laughs) Because at least they were already dead. This, however, was yet another turning point in the trials. See, where before people were reasonably sure they'd done the right thing in hanging all these old ladies... After the confession of Richard Carrier, they were now 100% convinced that they'd done God's work. Richard Carrier had confirmed that they were all witches. That's just totally brilliant. These people are just genius. Everybody's mm-hmm. in a panic, and they're just all, their IQ points are dropped 50 by, the, by what they have allowed themselves to believe. Yeah. Carrier's words held even more weight because Richard's mother, Martha, had previously been said by the afflicted to be the future queen of hell to Reverend George Burroughs's king of hell. Oh, come on. They don't have that kind of clout. Hey. Hmm? Hey, it sounds like how many queens and kings of hell are there in this story? Yeah. It could be a constable or something like that, but yeah, not everyone's the king and queen the of hell. The head accountant of hell is fine. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. yeah, I guess king and queen of hell, but I don't know. But I mean, it's always, was, you're always Napoleon. I mean, you're always break Jesus down, Christ. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, you're always Anne Boleyn. Does That's hell have, how, is it districts? Do they have districts? Well, districts? watch your pretty faces going to hell and you find out there's many different types of hell, especially season four. It's on HBO Max right now. Soon to be Discovery Plus. So once you get over there, once we transfer, you can find it again. It's how many apps do I have to buy to watch your show? Well, you just have to watch. You have to buy all of the apps. You have to okay. get the Adult Swim website. You get to get a membership. Just and then, um, have you been to your doctor recently? No, I haven't. Gone. No, you should talk <laughs> to your to physician and actually yeah. find out how many apps you need. Okay, fantastic. 
Furthermore, the good people of Massachusetts were emboldened when the news of the horrifying earthquake at Port Royal that we discussed in our Blackbeard series reached their colony. I'm crazy. They think that is God. Nuts. They think God's coming in. God's cleaning house. And oh, they were yeah. even more emboldened when the report came uh, that a Puritan minister had escaped alive. That's what happens when you retrofit everything into your own little bizarre worldview, and then yeah. everything can be an act of God. That's what it is. However, most of those put on trial for witchcraft in Salem would not be as lucky as that minister. And it's with the other 13 executions and the eventual sobering up of Massachusetts that we'll conclude our series on the Salem witch trials. Well, oh, we yeah. have been to Massachusetts and that sobering up has ended. It has not happened. <laughs> they are drunk. Temporary. Uh, very temporary. <laughs> it's interesting. Next week, we're going to talk about the long running consequences of that, which we're, we are still seeing Absolutely. to this day. Absolutely. Like that it keeps coming up again. Uh, we're going to talk about how this all resolved itself and how it wasn't yet quite resolved and just what it does. And just the idea that no matter what seems to happen in history, mm. we go through these things again and again and again. And what I'd like to just maybe submit to society is like, do we need to retcon all information? And do like, we need to all, do all of it this decade? Yeah, do we need to do that? Do we need to ret do we need to go and just pull back every single thing that we've decided is now set and done with and in the past huh? and then just keep dragging this corpse into our future? <laughs> That's why where it poisons the reservoirs again and again and the again. The Salem witch trials to this day still a big deal. It is. <laughs> I will not sign the pickles book. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you laughed. You learned. I hope. And uh kiss kiss your neighboring witch. And, well, uh, if you, you ask, know. ask a witch. It's still on. I've had several witches bring up to me because I did say in the last episode, buy a witch a milkshake. And a lot of them are saying now we're getting threatened with hexes, saying, can we provide it with the milk? We're getting blackmailed oh, from witches getting... saying that we need to start providing milkshakes for people. And so I just want to say, in, I want to clarify, if you're in the physical presence of a witch and you can prove that you're a witch by either... How do you prove you're a witch? Well, you you prove you're a witch? I show them your your third nipple, your teeth. Show, show them your, your third yeah. Nipple. You have to show that witches. I mean, and that's but that's if you're comfortable Just showing your no witches' teeth. If, if you're comfortable, you want a milkshake. Yeah. I'm not going to show you a. I'm not going to show you a teeth for a milkshake. I'm, I mean, if you look at I'll my buy taint a milkshake. right now, I'll go to Sonic right now. If you if you find yourself looking at my taint, you'll want to buy me a milkshake. You know what I'm no. going to do? I'm going to take. Remember, you, whenever you would have a little magazine and they like when Time made us the people of the year. Yeah. Take that little fake ass fucking mirror plastic they use. Put it right on your taint. So then, when someone looks at your taint, looking at themselves. Exactly. Wow. All right, everyone. Thank we got you, Philadelphia. We're gonna be there. <laughs> yeah, we have. I mean, please. I think it's already sold out, so um, it's moot. Yeah, it's close. Uh, it's close. Yeah, we, there are still tickets left. There are definitely still, oh, still tickets left. Oh okay, yeah. Great. Oh yeah. Grab some tickets if you want to. We're gonna be in Philadelphia. Can't wait to see you on Saturday. Hopefully, you guys allow us to do a show. Um, unlike the last time. And then that was an act of God. It was an act of God. And power grid. It was power grid. Yeah, it was, it's it's an, an act of the uh, horrible shape that the uh, Philadelphia infrastructure is in. Well, they don't plow. No, no, no. We know that. We know that now. Um, and then next week, we're going to be in Psycho Vegas. Woo! Can't fucking wait. I can't wait to do our show. It's going to be, be crazy. Yeah, it's, That's uh, right. It'll be a special show, too. So you can, we always say, don't come drunk to our real live show. But for this one, you could be hammered. You'd be hammered. Yeah. Uh, we'll be we're hammered, just doing but also be respectful. No screaming out things while we're trying to talk. I would no, say. we're going to torture them. <laughs> That's our plan is to make well, your well, night you can, worse. Well you, well, you can scream, of course, but just remember that we we are the show. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very no, good. I'm not. Uh, 
We're, they're going to be unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Psycho Vegas. That's for us. That's that for show us. is for that us. Is for us. That is definitely for us. And that is a bit of a hint as to what the show will be. It's for us. <laughs> All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Gein. Magustalations. And if you want to see my sweet little tank, <laughs> yeah. see what's on there. Mm. You got to pay me $1,000. Wow, that's it? That's, that's cheap. Not, I mean, i do it. Will you? I guess. Is that a promise? <laughs> I guess. We should do that. I mean, it's uh, cheap. But then I, mean, I just have to look at your tank. We should do that tank. in Vegas. Yeah. Um, but then I, I mean, just have to look at his tank. And I made yeah. $1,000. Can I do it for blackmail? Can I take a picture of it and be like, see? You can't even blackmail me. I'm unblackmailable. Yeah. I mean, $1,000 is a lot of money, but... but to show your taint to somebody, I, I just, it seems weird, paltry. It was weird that I offered to pay you a thousand you did dollars. You very quickly. Yeah. Very I honestly, quickly. that's like <sighs> three pairs of shoes for me. Yeah. So I'll do that in a second. All right. Great. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, 0 to 2 grams net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want. No compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites. Just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at Hero.co with code Hero10 at checkout. That's Hero10 at H-E-R-O dot C-O.